Blog Talk Radio. Okay, so let me tell y'all, 
this week I casted my first show. Oh, my first show has a director. I was so excited. I did auditions last weekend with another director and my assistant director. I had a ball. I am doing this show at school called King Arthur Socks, and it is a show that's done in a black box. It's a paid show. People pay to come in and see it and everything like that. I'm excited about it. Um this 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 particular I had this particular uh, class I have which I love I've had it the last three semesters the teaching lab it's teaching you how to do theater work and everything and so this is my final semester so I become a director and listen it has been such a fascinating journey for me so far okay I got a lot I got a little ways to go okay but y'all pray for me because I'm gonna need it, okay need all the prayer I can get but. I was so excited to choose my cast. I went a completely different route with my cast. I love the cast that I chose. Um, I'm doing a play from nine. It's a, a play that was written in 1922 by Dale Floyd, and it's called uh, King Arthur's Fox, right? And it's about infidelity and all the, all the kind of crazy things that happen in the tw- in this this time period where it things like that is completely forbidden. Okay, you know it's forbidden today, but not like it, you know it ain't nothing today. You know when people have affairs, but back in in these days and times it was, and it's in the backdrop of what would be like a, a king. I mean, I look Dale Floyd is writing this in a backdrop of a free love movement happening in Greenwich Village, New York. So he writes these these play these short plays in the backdrop of this. So it is so interesting to me to have to envision what the playwright was thinking uh during this time. And I went completely out. I I set my play in the nineteen twenties and I've chose to use Two black women from my leads. Yes, in the 1920s. Yes, I'm bold like that. <laughs> and I chose, and so, so as my Lancelot, a white, a white male. I am so excited about it. Uh, and the two black women I've chosen, they're so all, all the people. The guy, first of all, the guy I've chosen, he's very handsome. I love the choice, right? And he definitely fits the bill of what I wanted. And uh, the two young women, what I'm so grateful about this is, is that their their aesthetics for beauty is totally different than what the norm would be in a play like that. So I love it. I'm excited. And I'm also feeling a little bit of my director-like energy. And I have this wonderful assistant director who's a writer also, which helps me chat. You know I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> so it's so fun. I am so excited. Excited about where it's going. I I've had a ball. This it's been just a blessing for me, and it's been challenging. Let me tell you. Okay, and then I have this clown, this class called what most people call it's about physical movement, but it's a, people call it the clown class, right? Because we wear clown noses and we learn about movement and acting and stuff like that. Oh my God, it is. Let me just tell you. <laughs> Every day I walk into this class afraid. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck are we going to do today? Where are we going to go? <laughs> but, it's, I mean, I'm excited about it. It is challenging my senses as a performer and as a um, director and stuff like that. So it's it's, it's very fun. I'm, I'm I'm having a good time. So also I've decided, you know, I've started to get back into more performance art this year. 
And so I have this class where I'm, I, you know, I have a showcase audition class where, you know, where we have to go out audition and stuff like that. But I also have this, which is very challenging in learning monologues and stuff like that. But I have this one class that's, it's, it's like an advanced acting class. It's, I mean, it's, you know, past the, all the actions. It's like, and it's a scene study class. And so I had the great, I have this great partner. Guy, this guy who's a great partner, and we become really cool with each other, and we are doing the Glass Menagerie. And um, our final performance for in class was this week. Now we're going to take it to another class, and we're going to perform for this, these BFA students and stuff like this, this scene from the Glass Menagerie. I played the mother Amanda, and let me tell you, okay, this this journey for me, <laughs> Has been one of fright because I am a stay. I'm naturally stay. I have stage fright. You know what I'm saying? That's why I, I. You know, one of the things reasons I don't sing much anymore is stage fright. Even though I did try out a few years ago, I did try out for the X Factor a few years ago. I went a couple, went in a couple of rounds, right? But I just usually don't do it. So it's like it's breaking me out of all of that. So I was just sort of like, oh damn, performance, not behind the scenes shit. So I really got to perform. So these last few weeks have been challenging as hell <laughs> with this character and everything. So I go into class Friday for our final performance. It is it is it is brilliant. It's a brilliant performance for both of us and I I could feel it afterwards and I'm going the whole class is there, and everybody's looking at us. <laughs> and so I'm like, you know, and we got to perform this thing in front of BFA students. So I'm like, oh, my God, you know. So we do it, and to hear people's thoughts immediately after the class, here's the thing. I can see people, because I'm very, when I'm in class and stuff, I'm very quiet. You you, you would, I know you guys don't think, you guys like, Carlotta, I can't imagine. <laughs> yes, I'm a totally different beast. I even look different. I be wearing hats. I be wearing my hair up. I, I be totally, I'm a total, total different beast in class. So I want to tell you, the reason I'm sharing this experience, because I'm getting into my it's a word, okay? But. I could see the faces change and how people responded to me afterwards change. And I remember hearing my spiritual mom, I could hear my spiritual mom saying, Keisha, your gift will bring you before great men and great people. And I was like, oh, my God. You could see people's faces change in the room. And I said, God, oh, my God, is this how... You can see the whole thing, like, oh, my God, like, I didn't know that was it. I didn't know that was, that, that was there. <laughs> it was a proud moment for me, but it was also a very humbling moment because it taught me that, you know what, gratitude, but you got so much more to learn, kid. But it also gave me so much more confidence to conquer what I thought I could not conquer. Um, and to hear people's responses, pretty powerful. But let me just say this, why I'm sharing this with you guys, because this may help for somebody out here who's ever going through your own level of transformation or transforming into uh, something 
beyond yourself or, or going outside of yourself to do something, I realized for that little short moment the importance of, like for the moment I loved the gratitude, I loved the feedback I was getting. It made me feel good as a human. You know what I'm saying? And I understood a little bit for a moment what maybe celebrity goes through and how, you know, you can trick yourself to thinking you're something that you really ain't. <laughs> but also in that moment, I realized how important. And this is, I'm not really talking shit. I know some people be like, oh, you, you trying to be talking shit. But no, I seriously, in that moment, I realized how important it is to have a sense of gratitude and humility, like to walk in a sense of, like, this is great. I'm thanking y'all. I'm glad y'all loved it. But I have another challenge, and I don't, you know, and I still got to learn. I still got so much more. It never stops. You know what I'm saying? I never stop. Like, I never want to get in a place where I'm comfortable where I think I'm so all that, you know, it made me feel like I need at that moment, you know what, you need God more because you know another challenge is coming. You need, it, it makes you kind of humble in it. Where I wanted to feel the sense of the big headness, I felt more a sense of, you you know, like humility. I really, I don't know if that comes from being older with it, if I was young, I think, if I was younger back in the day, I think I would have fit this. Because it reminded me as when I was in, in my youth how I did not think about those things when people would tell me, oh, you're so great at this or you're so this. I, I thought, you know, I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, um, you know, I know. But <laughs> but now being in a sense of this space where I'm in the last year of my 40s, I'm technically a couple of months from this 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 new era in my life and also – trying to figure out me in this space and if I decide to go into this realm where I fit in at this age and all of it, it was a sense of humility. And here is the thing. This is going to sound crazy. And this, I want, and, and I don't want to, listen, I want to encourage young people, listen to me when I, when you, if you're listening to me out there, do Gather, gather all your tools and all your uh, your greatness. Gather it in your youth. Your youth, it is so important to be the best while you can in your youth. I wasted some time in my youth. I played a lot. <laughs> I mean, I did a lot of great things too, but I played a lot too. Okay, so, but for me, I realized that this destination. To be this age and to be doing going where I'm going, this good for me. Because I feel like I would not have gotten what I got out of it had I been a younger person, right? I felt like everything was, you know, coming into, I went into a class. I was going to this one class I have that's very advanced, and it's a, a, a lot of people who have been doing lots of stuff, like, you know, auditions and stuff recently. I am a person who used to do them back in the day, but, you know, over the years I was like, yeah, I've kind of shied away from that shit. So so now I'm coming back in here humble, like a little, like, I don't know what I'm doing. But that thing, willing, being open to learning, being open to not knowing it all and to being, you know, there was a part, this, 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 
sidebar. There was a part, when I was in one of my classes uh, this week, it's the movement class. And this class is kind of, it's not therapy, but it's kind of therapeutic, right? So we have this space where we all get in a circle sometimes and we, we get in the, we play this clown thing, okay? And when we get, we get in this circle, we wake up to all the people around us and everybody's just staring at us. And so we have to figure out how our movement, what do we do with our bodies at this time, what are we feeling and everything. And so, you know, the teacher kind of mimics what she sees in us a little bit. And so even to a point where, you know, it, it's been, it can be emotional. And so when I got up there, it was pretty powerful for me because she hit right up on me. She said, you used to being in charge, right? I was like, ah. I wasn't expecting it, right? She's like, I mean, you you always used to be in control. And I'm like, shit. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, but it was like a moment, like I was realizing, oh, shit, I am always using I control my atmosphere. Since the, since the moment I was a little girl, I can remember control. I can remember being four and five years old and figuring out every all the people how everyone plays in my life, like at four and five, I can remember that. Just being, I'm a little Scorpio, okay? I was a little Scorpio. I could see the room. I could feel the room at five. So that was part of my control process. But this, in this, in this atmosphere, I have no control. So it is such a great space. And so I guess what I'm trying to tell y'all for y'all is a word this week is sometimes Things don't happen when you think they should happen. I heard Tyler Perry. I was listening to a. I, I pulled up an old uh, thing, you know, of Tyler Perry talking. I had that I uh, old repost, and he was saying that sometimes. Oh, let me see if I can find it because it'd be good to play it for you guys. Because I think this is a part of your it's a word this week. See how the show goes. The show gets the show sometimes. Sometimes you know. <laughs> you, when you don't have no show, sometimes you can have a good show, okay? I feel like we're starting off good, but let me show y'all. Let me pull this up here if I can find it. But if you're listening to my show, my show is sporadic like this. If you're new listening to it, it's crazy. It's me talking. <laughs> uh, it's it's a different. It's a different kind of show. But let me see. Uh, let me pull this up. Um where Tyler Perry is talking here, I would love for you guys to hear this. Uh, okay, let's listen. I'm gonna let's, I'm gonna play a little bit. It's three minutes and forty one seconds, but I think it's worth listening to. Okay, so uh, check this out. Oh, if I can get up, hold on. Ideas and 
kept away from that, it allowed me to not be tainted by it. So sometimes you have to be hidden. Sometimes people are not supposed to recognize you. Sometimes people are not supposed to invite you to the table. You can't be angry about it. You need to accept it and find out why. Why am I being hidden? Because I tell you now, had I went the route that I wanted to go, what would have happened is I would end up in Hollywood and did the deals that everybody else had done, and there would be nothing different, nothing um, spectacular about the blessings that I've received. It would just be an, an average um, story. But because I was hidden, because I didn't know how it went, because I didn't know uh, how things were supposed to go in film and television, that ignorance allowed me to carve my own way. I know this may be difficult for some people to understand, but, but hear me clearly when I say this. Because I was hidden, because I, nobody knew what was going on with the success that I was having on the plays, it was all underground. When I got there, I was able to make deals that are, were unprecedented. They didn't think there was anything to it because they didn't know who I was. Completely underestimated. The great thing about being hidden is that you can be underestimated. And when you're hidden and you're underestimated, you're able to do some things that will um, not only change your past, your life, but the lives of millions of people, the ones around you, your children, your family. It will uplift and change everybody and everything. All right. I hope you guys heard what he said, but Sometimes you are meant to be hidden. Sometimes you have to go through parts of where you don't, <clears throat> where you've made mistakes. And, you know, I, I had, you know, when I graduated from high school, I had this plan, you know what I'm saying? I was like, yeah, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this. And things were, I remember things, I can remember at that time, things fucking falling through like crazy. I mean, like shit happening like I was supposed to go to live with my uncle in California. I remember, like, my financial aid not working out, right, you know, and having to go to Mo West. <laughs> and that's where I would eventually meet, you know, I met my friends, like my husband met, met there, I met people, I met all kind of people there at Mo West. But I had to go the way of Mo West for some reason. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And so uh, then, you know, um, uh, uh, I, I mean, there. I mean, there were so many. Then I went to ORU, Oral Roberts University. ORU. When I talk about ORU, ORU was a very spiritual time for me. I had the choice. I remember thinking, choosing between Spelman or ORU. I chose Oral Roberts University because I wanted to be more. I wanted the spiritual more background. Now, but looking back in retrospect, I wish I would have chosen. <laughs> but. That was my destiny because had I not went that road, I would I would not have the most beautiful experience. It was a hard experience. Let me tell you, no, 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 don't get me wrong. ORU was one of the hardest things in my life. If I tell you, so many things happened at ORU. <laughs> it was a spiritual place and it had spiritual trials. <laughs> And so much shit at that time was happening in my life. I could not even, I even have to explain it to you would be crazy. One day maybe I will. But going through that experience of ORU, even though I went through, it was a crazy time for me, I met 
some of the most beautiful people and had some of the most beautiful experiences ever. Beautiful experiences in my life. It's where I met a core group of people that I felt like, man, who cared for me and really seen me. You know what I'm saying? It was a growing state. It was a growing place for me. I always look at ORU with, it was hardcore, but it was such beauty. That's one of my, uh, where we talk about collateral beauty, ORU was that. <laughs> but it was, it was a, a very beautiful, and I, I, I don't, it was a life, life-changing moment. And coming back, all kinds of things happened, everything, and, you know, I had really, there was a time I went through a series of, like, depression, I, and I really have to, I mean, I have to explain it to you guys someday, but, uh, so now, I, I, you know, and I had a spiritual experience a couple of years ago, I feel like it opened. I, a, a experience that I haven't been able to share with people yet, but I feel like it has it awakened me in some sort of way, you know, and it really helped lead me on this path now. And I'm, like, looking at this, and I'm going, okay, God, this is weird. <laughs> I mean, you know, here I am, all the things that I said I did not want to do, I did not want to be old and trying to, uh, go into uh, performing arts. I did not want to do that. I want to just just let that go. But it's something that's not letting it go. Okay, so it is so I'm 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 open again to the journey of it. I'm excited. I don't know where it's going yet, <laughs> but I am really thankful for this moment because I'm like, wow. Sometimes it doesn't happen for you, or it doesn't. Things don't open, doors don't open for you when they could. Like me just now getting my degree. I'm just now getting it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm just going to be getting it. I've got it yet, but I'm just going to be getting it. Right? And so it's, uh, you know, and I'm like, wow, why didn't it happen like, you know, 20-some years ago? What the hell? You know, or something. But sometimes God, God sees what you need when you need it, even when you're jacking up and messing around and doing whatever and you made mistakes. And trust me, I made a number. <laughs> oh, Lord, yeah. <laughs> anyway, number of mistakes. But God knows what you need when you need him. And I, I think about it. If I had done what I said I was going to do, child, it would have been a hot mess up in these streets, okay? <laughs> so I, I, I feel in some senses that in my mistakes was God's protection, in my, you know, that God was hiding me. So I guess that's what I want to say to you guys today. There's one of two things that you don't feel bad if you're being hidden. If you're just now, you're just now having your coming out party at a time where you wasn't expecting it, or or you're you're finding your way in things, or you're moving in a different way, or do not do not be um, don't be sad by accept it and be okay with it. You know what I'm saying? It's good for you, and it's it's good that you were. You were hidden during that time, even if it's mistakes you made. You know what I'm saying? So I hope y'all get that. And then also, as you grow, come into a space where people are, like I saw after class, there was a person in this class, and 
they were looking at me with such admiration. I could see it in their eyes, and I was like, oh, my God. I could feel the power in that. And I thought to myself, God, how do I use this, like, where it doesn't hit me? Like, it doesn't hit me, like, oh, you know, people liking me on a small basis. Are people loving what I, or admiring what I did on a small basis? How do I use it back to fuel me for better things and to encourage them to even do greater things? And so that's how I think you have to look at things. As you grow in your giftings or your whatever God has for you, same for me. As we grow in our gifts or whatever God is going to use them for or how we move and stuff like that, I always remember, like, it ain't about you really. <laughs> Don't You can't even think, you can't even start to think of yourself as all of that. Because it really ain't about you, because I know I ain't all of that. I come home, I got to, you know, I come home to some, some real shit, shit, shit I go through in my life and everything. So I, it, I be always knowing shit, it ain't about me. Ain't the, I used to love, I had a friend, a guy friend I used to uh, really, uh, uh, really be cool with back in the day. And he always used to say to me, we ain't nothing but dirt. <laughs> and I, I always laugh at that. He said, but it's the God's, it's God's breath in us that makes us special. And I'll be like, you right. Oh, I love that. So when you get try to, you know, when when you thinking you all of that, or when you thinking you you are, are you feeling all good about yourself and stuff, remember you ain't nothing but dirt. It's God's breath in you that make you special. A God's breath in you that make you make you make you come to realizations, make you have the great great a great performance or a great this or a great that. When you realize it ain't you. <laughs> Then you will see the world in a whole different space, okay? So that's y'all. It's a word for the week. I didn't know what I was going to I knew I was going to talk to y'all about something, but I knew, I knew I was going to talk to y'all about all of this and what I've been experiencing. <laughs> but I didn't know how it was going to round up. So that's y'all. It's a word. That's the it's a word for me. It's my lesson, how I'm going through my life, child. And listen here, the journey, child. <laughs> it's something else. So y'all keep praying for me, okay? So. Child, be praying for me because listen here, I told y'all, <laughs> it's inflation out these things, these to wish out, just be praying, 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 okay? But you know what? I'm excited too. Also, before I get more into the, before I get into the show, but next month, my next month, oh my God, I'm getting closer to my birthday. <laughs> so I'm so excited. I'm like, Lord, you know what I'm saying? Oh, I'm getting closer to a half a century. I don't know how to accept this. I don't know how to, I really don't know how to feel about this. It's like when I turned 25. I kind of, I think I was kind of, was it, or was it 24? I think I was 24. No, I was 24. It was before I turned 25. And I was freaking out that I would turn 25. I was like, oh, my God, what does that mean? I remember I was having a whole freak out, like, the whole week. I was living with, I had a roommate. And she was seeing I was so freaked out about this and everything. <laughs> and I remember we went out to the movies one night, and me and her and a friend of mine, and we were, and, you know, I was all like, I was at ORU at the time, and I was like, oh, I don't know. I'm getting old. I don't feel like anything's in my life. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> and we were having this discussion. And I remember my first, I mean, I coming home, 
this is my second, actually, my second, and coming home, and she had this big surprise birthday party for me. It was the most beautiful. I remember opening up my door and just being scared out of my wits because all these people jumped out of the door. I was like, what the fuck? But it was so beautiful. And I remember not being so freaked out <laughs> about being 20 and going towards 25, even though I was heading towards 24. I was 23 at the time, heading towards 24. Uh, but I was freaked out about 25. So stupid, right, you know, and now here I am 20-some years later, and I'm freaking out about half a century. I'm thankful. Thank you, God, <laughs> and I hope I can't wait to make it. I'm believing I'm making it, but um, it is, you know, I'm like, ooh, what does this mean? So many things I thought would be is not. How do I, how am I handling all of this? Um it is, I will just say this to you guys, it is a journey. It is a, such an experience. In my next month, I am excited about some things. I have, like, I'm going to have my birthday party early. I'm going to have, like, me and some girlfriends. We're just doing a little, like, I love pole day. Like, I like pretending I'm a stripper. <laughs> I, I can't dance, but I love the idea and thought of it. I love pole I try, <laughs> but it's funny. My friends always be like, girl, please. But, but we can do a little pole dancing class is one of my fun things to do and, you know, ha- you know, have a little birthday get together. And then we're, you know, going to probably have dinner and stuff like that. But I'm just like, and then I have this other huge thing I'm doing. I'm so excited. I got to tell, I can't tell y'all now. <laughs> I feel like I'm, I was found out about what I'm doing. So one of my friends kind of found out. I was like, "Damn it! I didn't want anybody know to I want anybody to know about this big birthday gift I'm giving to myself." So I will tell y'all like next month, okay? I mean, I will tell y'all after. No, it's gonna be in November. I'll probably tell y'all God bless, okay? All right. So that's my little. It's a that's my it's a word and that's my little thing about my next month. Oh, shout out to Shakira. Shakira, I got to give you a shout out, okay? Okay. This is how much my listeners know. And y'all be writing me. I got a little small group. I don't got a big show. I'm not, you know, I'm not no, ain't no Tasha K over here, nothing like that. I'm not big like that. But I have, I've been having this small core group for years since I've been on, um, uh, been on blog talk. Sometimes it's big, sometimes it's small. It's whatever. Right now it's just my little smaller core group. And it's so funny how my listeners, who they be looking out for me and they know what I love. And so shout out to Shakira because Shakira was this week, she was at, she was a uh, shout out to, I want to give her a shout out, one of my favorite listeners. She was at uh, the book it's it, the Apollo at the Apollo where they were talking to, uh, let me see, what's his name? And I just started listening to his book, too. It's very interesting. Um, let me see. What was it? What was this? Uh, I want to give her a shout-out because, you know, it was funny. I had to laugh, and I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to have to stop. Uh, I'm going to have to stop talking about my Maxwell obsession out here because y'all all – Starting to know when I had with <laughs> Oh, there's Maxwell. We need to get a picture for Carl. <laughs> it's that bad, okay? But she was at uh she was at the uh what was it? Um oh my goodness. 
she was in uh, New York, and she was at the Apollo for the conversation with Ed for Edward Inipal. Is that how you say his name? Uh, the guy who's a, I mean, he's, I guess he's over. Um, I mean, he's over the British Vogue, and which his book. I've been listening to his book because there was a number of people talking about his book on uh, on Twitter and Facebook. A lot of celebrities and Maxwell. I think Maxwell one of even put him out, put it out there. But while she was there, I guess he was being uh, interviewed with by Lapita Lapita Nuango and. Maxwell, she saw Maxwell there, and she was like, she wrote me, and she said, I tried to get her pick, but it went, it went dark, but here's the shadow. <laughs> it was hilarious. I was like, look at this. <laughs> but it was funny. But thank you, Shakira. I just wanted to shout her out because she always thinks about me when she's out there, and she and she sees if she sees a Maxwell. She knows I'm a big Maxwell. Uh, I love Maxwell. Big Maxwell fan, so, you know. Shout out to her. So that that was pretty cool. But I interested. Let me talk about this. I've been listening to this guy's book, okay? Because I, I don't have time to read anymore. No, I don't have time. So I have my Amazon like read thing. I, sometimes I listen to books. So I've been listening to his book, and one of the things I I, I want to say about this guy is that he's talking about his life, and if people see. How powerful, listening to his story, you see how powerful the influence of black America, traditional black America, foundational black America, ADOS, whatever you want to call it, is around the globe, okay, has been around the globe, okay. Wow, he's a guy over in Africa from Ghana, and he's talking about how his family Love to have Ebony and Jet magazines. <laughs> Love listening to Black American music. I mean, you know, that's what I I be saying. I be wanting us to be. I want us to be proud of us because you know it's not about ousting anybody else or dogging anybody else. Even though people in, sometimes in the that I understand it goes both ways. Sometimes people in Black America want to dog you know other groups just for being other groups, but a lot of times. In the diaspora, people will come into America, not all people, but a lot of people from the diaspora, not all, but will come in here and try to dog black Americans out and then start trying to change shit, talking about we didn't do this and we didn't do that. It's some bullshit. I don't know what people think. You know, I can tell people be from other places trying to jockey for second position in, in white supremacy America, <laughs> but that's not how we roll. We know what the real shit is. I don't know if they think they jockeying. What black you don't want the smoke that Black America received. I remember. It's, it, let me just say this: TD Jakes had a wonderful uh, uh, a sermon one time, and he talked about how this guy came up to him and said, "Bishop, I want your anointing. I want what you got. I want to be like this and this and this and this and that." You know, just saying how he wanted everything that Bishop Jakes had. And Bishop Jay said he laid his hands on him and said, I pray yo, his mama uh, gets sick when he's such and such. I pray his daddy die when he did. He pray because you don't realize what it took to get that anointing, okay? So the same thing with black America. You don't know what it took to uh, to what it takes to uh, for black America to – you don't know what it takes for black America to come into to come into what all we came into to 
what the price was paid for gospel music, R&B music, uh, our spiritual, our spiritual lessons, uh, our, uh, our our creations in in the uh, in, in America has 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 people on this continent. You might wish and say you want that, but trust me, that shit came at a high price. Okay. So, you know, sometimes just appreciate the anointing of others in the diaspora. Like we do. We do that. We appreciate the anointing of us. As a matter of fact, I'm actually right now working on a monologue. There's a lady from Natsuzaki Shang from The Color Girl, about the lady in brown, about, her, uh, you know, the little girl's love affair with Toussaint Louverture, about her book. I'm, that's, 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 that's Toussaint Louverture's Haiti. Right, I'm a, I'm a big. I love Haiti. I have a thing for Haiti, but you know the whole thing is. I mean, Haitian history, but that's a given love to them. They they earned their anointing. Why would I? Why would I try to come over here and try to take somebody else's? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It just makes no sense to me. I have. I don't. It makes no sense. Okay. And while Black America may be the 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 big the the what's been pushed as the standard. We understand that there are beautiful people all over the diaspora, okay? We as black people understand, black people in America understand that. But don't come trying to steal or take our fruit from us. You know what I'm saying? So I just feel like that's a thing that we have to say, but he has that in his book. So y'all want to, y'all, for a lot of people out here that's been dissing black America and arguing about black America, you might want to go check out your boy's book because he was he was he was giving love, whole lot of love <laughs> to Black Americans. So far, the part that I've gotten to got it got into the book. And here's the interesting thing I loved about this what he did, this guy. So far, I'm 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 still in. I'm thinking, I don't think I'm like in chapter four or something like that. But what I love is he tells the story about them having to leave Ghana and him went and they're having to go to uh, Britain, why they had to go to uh, Britain, I mean, how, to the U.K. And he talks about the difference between them being implants, immigrating over into uh, um, British versus people who have been there who had been enslaved and how their attitudes were different and how they understood things from a different perspective because he was never enslaved. Oh, my God, you should hear it. I mean, I, it was such a thoughtful, a, a thoughtful thought. Now, I haven't heard the rest of this book. Some things, you know, I'm going, mm, trying to listen to him or whatever. But so far, so good. Okay, so, right, so far, you know, I love what he is saying and how he saw that difference and how he recognized that they see things different. It's the same thing when you Im- integrate into uh, immigrate into Black America. Even if you were a slave, if you were from the Caribbean and your background is slavery, you still come out of a a, 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 a much different situation, which is colonization. Also, that's very different from American chattel slavery and what American Black people experience. Probably some of the most one of the most harshest forms. Of slavery in the world, and especially what happened to Black Americans when you read the horrific stories. And I've talked about it on here before. When you read stories about babies being used as alligator bait, 
Oh, yeah. Hangings in the South. Massive rape. Being told you ain't shit. You a nigga. You three-fifths human. That was that was very specialized to African Americans in America. Not that other people weren't mistreated, but I'm just saying it, it was a different beast going on in America. And so when you come here to not to not have a disrespect for the people who've been here and start saying, well, why is it that we uh, we work real hard and and, and we, we do this and do that and we've got our businesses? Yeah, because they treat you differently. Just because you have black skin, they know the difference. And there is a different experience. So sometimes it ain't because you've been working hard. Just like I read in uh, 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 over in Minneapolis with uh, with certain Africans and people getting money, getting paid monthly when they get here. Do you know African Americans can barely get? They have, we can't we can't get reparations. We people we, we the people that been enslaved, Jim Crow laws, all kind of shit done against us. Uh, towns, bombs, all kind of shit. And we can't, they, they laugh at reparations for us so far. I mean, craziness, okay? So, you know, I like so far how this guy, Edward Innifel, is being very respectful of his, so far, I haven't listened to him all the way yet, of the journey that he has had in respecting the other the door he's walking into in the U.K. versus the people that had already been there. Very powerful observation, okay, uh, which one I can respect. All right, you guys. So I'm going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to go into all the stuff that's been happening this week. We're going to talk about Queen Elizabeth, how Queen Elizabeth's like, peace, bitches, I'm out, I'm on to the other realms. <laughs> Elizabeth, all this shit that's getting ready to go down is that I gave y'all 70 years. Seven is the number of completion. Bitch, 70, uh, seven, uh, seven decades, I'm gone. <laughs> all right. So let's talk. We'll talk about that. And we'll also talk about, um, what else? Uh, we'll talk about the new uh, Whitney Houston uh, movie coming out. I'm going to share my thoughts about that. Um, how... <laughs> Great Abbott is funny. Great Abbott is funny as hell. Great Abbott is sending immigrants to Kamala Harris. When Kamala Harris said, remember this week she said the border is secure? Well, Greg said, bitch, the border ain't secure. And sent a whole bunch of uh, uh, illegal uh, migrants or illegal immigrants to her home. (laughs) Oh, he's so petty and I like it. All right, we're going to talk about that and a whole lot more when I get back here on the CC Show. Meanwhile, you guys, let's listen to, oh, my God, you know what, because I feel like it's going to be such a lovely day. Let's listen to Jill Scott's version. It's the CC Show. I'll be back in a moment, y'all. In the morning, love, 
okay, y'all, I'm eating my breakfast, so it's kind of messy. And I'm drinking. I got to drink, okay? Because I know I'm eating my, my break. On this, on this show, if you if you listen to this show, y'all know. I be, I be smacking and everything y'all ear. I'm sorry. It is what it is, okay? <laughs> oh, it's the Carlotta Chatwood Show. I'm Carlotta, and we are back, and we're getting ready to get into some of these hot topics out in these streets. Listen, I do not have no show, okay? So I don't know what the hell happened. I don't know. I hope I was talking to y'all the last 30 minutes because <laughs> because I couldn't hear my music at first. I don't know what was going on, but it's all good, okay? So, you guys, um, let's get into uh, the news. Oh, shoot. Did I just knock something out? I just knocked one of my stories off. I think it was Queen about Elizabeth. Did I? Uh, okay. Let's pull it back up. Y'all, you know that how it is when we don't have a show together, you know. Uh, where was it at? Um, okay, listen. Okay, so this week we talk, we're, we're talking about... Um, Let's talk about Queen Elizabeth. Okay, Queen Elizabeth after 70 years. And I was in class, and I heard about Queen Elizabeth, uh, um, you know, uh, Elizabeth's passing, which I felt like when I saw her last time, it was not going to be long because of the way, you know, she seemed to be kind of uh, out of it a little bit after, you know, the, after you know Philip died, you know sometimes, and so I feel like I feel, I'm not saying that was the reason, but I'm just saying that you kind of um, you kind of knew that it her time was coming to the end. Plus, perfect timing, number seven, seventy, seventy years on the throne, seven decades. I told y'all Elizabeth was gonna fall off that throne. She wasn't giving up shit to Charles. <laughs> I actually thought she would skip Charles, to be honest. But she did not, which is, you know, I don't know if she didn't have time, you know, whatever, but um, interesting, okay? So Charles the Taurus, the Taurus, because Elizabeth was a Taurus. Remember, the opposite sign of Taurus is what? Scorpio. Scorpio, our opposite sign is Taurus, okay? So Elizabeth the Taurus hands over the reins to the Scorpio, okay? Now, <laughs> I'm a Scorpio. Charles is a Scorpio. It's funny how two of the Western world leaders are being, the Western world is being ran by Scorpios, Joe Biden, Scorpio Sag, because uh, Charles, Scorpio, okay? Uh, Charles is, um, Scorpios mean transformation. Anytime a Scorpio enters your life, it could be for good or for <laughs> I've been transformation in people's lives. I was trans when I, you know, I always laugh about it. I go, God, that's so true about Scorpios. You know what I'm saying? I mean, tra- every sign has transform transformative things, right? You know, you transform. Anybody enters transforms things when they enter the realm. But for me, I really, I was transformation. You know, Scorpios even in my fourth house of home. So, and I'm a Lilith in Scorpio. So when I enter my, even my, I think about when I was born, I enter my mom's life, life changing for her. I enter my grandparents, like my grandparents not expecting to raise a grandkid, 
transformative. I come in the house, I'm transforming the atmosphere. <laughs> and I continue to transform, you know what I'm saying? And I'm like, kind of like the black sheep. I do things rather differently than everybody, okay? So, yeah, so I totally see my transformative nature. And sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad. It depends on the energy I mix with. Really, facts. Scorpios, when you have a Scorpio in your life, one of my best girlfriends is a Scorpio, okay? And when we, I mean, I can tell the the energy with us when we're to, when we talk or when we're together. It's very different. <laughs> we're very intense with you know in our friendship. So it's um, so there is this you know Scorpios carry with them transforming. So the UK, the United Kingdom. Look for some transformation. Now, Elizabeth's leaving, y'all, at the time when Putin's over in Russia acting a damn fool. You know, he's having this war right now. And it could threaten Europe to go back into the dark ages. A lot of people are saying Europe may be without heat this summer. And America, for us, that means our heating bills and stuff could be sky high, unaffordable. So what he Charles is already walking into bring walking in him walking into the building with transformation. Okay, what it's going to be for the UK is yet to be seen. For America, we've already seen what the Scorpio has brought to the table. So far, it's been high inflation, <laughs> fucking lunatic politics. <laughs> I mean, I mean even. Core Democrats are questioning, like, Joe Biden going, oh, my God, you know what I'm saying? Except for the black, you know, listen, except for the black people who are playing political games, who want some sort of political payoff, you know, they still lying about it. But other than that, everybody else is seeing the light. Everybody's like, what the hell is going on? Joe Biden is bringing with him transformative energy. It's been hard on America since he got his ass up in the building, <laughs> okay? So it is, uh, so, you know, I expect that kind of energy to be for, not. it might not be bad for UK. Who knows what it will be, but we, we have yet to see what kind of leader Charles will be as a Scorpio, okay? All right, so it's very interesting. Even though Scorpios are known for, you know, we're known as the lords of the underworld, you know. They say Scorpios is always something darkness. Scorpios really can be very good. You know, there are Scorpios that are, you have great Scorpios, bad Scorpios, and really Scorpio in the Zodiac is our lowest, our lowest, um, our lowest thing. You know, it's our lowest. I don't, I'm not an astrologist, but I listen to a lot of them, okay? But, but it's you know, and I've been thinking about, you know, after school I might, you know, I might do that for fun, okay? But um, Scorpio is actually our lowest form. We are to transform form into really eagles and then phoenixes. Uh, Scorpio is the sign of transformation, death, life, taxes, other people's money, Scorpio rules the eighth house, okay? So think about all this stuff. Even Charles is coming into what? Inheritance. <laughs> I wonder what's in his eighth house. I got to look up Charles' zodiac, okay? So it's a very interesting because he's inheriting the throne and he's inheriting his mother's estate as a monarch. Uh, make no mistake, the U.K. is a monarchy. 
I know they like to say they're a democracy. Yeah, you are, but you're a mon- you're 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 a monarch. Well, they they really don't have that much power. Uh, okay, tell yourself that all day. Uh, but I always say they always people because people were saying I was talking to somebody and they were saying, well, you know, they really are not supposed to be political. I said, no, they're not because they're rulers. Rulers are not political. Rulers listen to the political bantering, and then they make a decision on your political bantering. They don't do politics. (laughs) That's why Charles, Elizabeth never did politics hardly in public, every now and then, but seldom, because she's a ruler. Rulers don't do politics. Do you think you're just paying taxes to them to just sit up there on that throne and just look pretty? I don't think so. I don't think your taxes, you think you're just keeping Buckingham Palace up for looks? No. That shit's real. They still kinging him. That's King Charles for (laughs) y'all. Okay? All right, you guys. So let's talk about this. Thousands of weight in the code to pay respects to Queen Elizabeth II. And let me just say this. Over the years, Parliament has worked to to down those powers somewhat. Okay, uh, thousands of people spent London's coldest night and months huddled in line to view the coffin of Queen Elizabeth II. And authorities warned Saturday that arriving mourners could face a 16-hour wait. Police arrested a man after the force described as a disturbance Friday night in Parliament's Westminster Hall, where the Queen's coffin is lying in state, draped in her royal standard and caped with a diamond-studded crown. Okay. Pa- uh, parliamentary authorities had said someone got out of the uh, query and uh, tried to approach the coffin on the platform. The Metropolitan Police Force said a man was detained for a su- suspected public order offense. The tide of people wanting to say goodbye to the Queen has grown steadily since the public was first admitted to the hall on Wednesday. On Friday, authorities temporarily halted uh, letting more visitors join the end of the line, which snakes around Southwark Park some five miles. Okay, uh, they said it was a cold. It was cold overnight, but uh, they had wonderful companions and stuff like that. Okay, you know, I, you know, hey, I can't talk about these people. They going to see, you know, their their their, their queen. Uh, you know, uh, 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 I stood out. I was out in twenty seven degree weather. To, uh, to celebrate the Chiefs Super Bowl. <laughs> so we Americans, we ain't shit. We be like, yeah, we ain't fucking the queen, but we we out here, we be out here with these with for this Chief game, <laughs> for this Chief parade. No offense to Queen Elizabeth, but that's what I'm just saying. That's how we are. That's why that's why the American Revolutionary War ha- happened, right? Because we do not believe in uh, monarchs over here. We even though we can we can have respect for Elizabeth and all this shit. But we don't, we don't, we, the, the one thing where America, I feel like, got it right was the American, Revo, the Revolutionary War. That shit was dope. I love it. <laughs> Kick the king of you. The taxation without representation, Boston Tea Parade, get your at We don't, we don't want no kings and queens over in this joint. Now, white people still have affinity for it. I know y'all do. But I actually like the idea of no kings and queens, okay? Okay, so that's that is that's how that it is what it is. So Americans kinda like eh, eh. But we can respect them going to the because it is a part of his, history. And, you know, I no I don't I no disrespect for to a lot of the black uh 
commentators and stuff out here who be like, you know, who gives a she was colonizer and all that stuff. Yeah, but it was a major part of history. And I respect Elizabeth's rule of that throne. Not do, I don't respect colonization and maintaining certain orders and stuff like that, but I do respect how she held down the position. Power respects power. I'm powerful. I respect her power. Uh, uh, now, Candace Owens, we got to get to this. I, I wanted to talk about this for a minute. She said something this week. Candace is a little bit of a white apologist. And no offense, white people. This is a white racist apologist, not white people's apologist, a white racist apologist, okay? Uh, Why I uh, can respect some of her thoughts and some of her things, sometimes I don't deem her as necessarily being wrong in some of her thoughts. I feel like she has no empathy and that she's always, she's trying to, see, because here's the thing. Some of us as black people, I've said this, okay, even though Candace is Caribbean, okay, she's of Caribbean descent, uh, she's from the Virgin Islands, I think her family's background is Virgin Islands, which is America, a territory of America, so, but it's still of Caribbean descent. Candace Owens is one of those people who I feel is racist, Okay. All of us have it. Any any black person in America, that's why I say it takes a lot to examine our pains and our hurts and to have empathy and, and sympathy for what black people have went through. But some black people, in my personal mind, get hung up on a sickness where they begin to even self-hate. Okay? And I'm not saying this about her, but I'm kind of saying this about her. Okay, so listen to what she said about the British British colonization of Africa, okay? Now, pay attention. Here we go. But the real truth of the reason why people hate the scene has nothing to do with the colonization, it's nothing to do, which, by the way, just to be clear, um, the Brits invading Africa actually represents, and this is going to get me in trouble, but it was, if you look at how forward it brought the African colonies, it ended up being a net positive. Now, this is, of course, people, it's going to get me in trouble because people somehow think that Africans were living happily ever after and things were great and then the horrible English, British descended upon and murdered everybody and the French suddenly murdered everybody and that just isn't the truth. Obviously, the African nations had slavery just like um, the European nations had slavery. So it's an evil that was not started, did not begin in Europe, actually can actually uh, be traced back to Muslim origins. And for whatever reason, people have this fantastical rendition of history where they think that it was only white people that ever did anything bad, when in fact the truth is that even in terms of our own history, American history, it was the Africans that were selling the Africans to the Europeans. And usually for things as basic as gin and mirrors. I talk about this in my book. <laughs> like it was at really basic things. And when Europeans set out to end slavery, by the way, it was white men that were the first in the world to abolish the slave trade. Right? People don't want that fact. It's a very inconvenient fact from the narrative that white people are evil and backwards. They were not the first to do it, but they were the first to end it. That is the truth. 
I think it was France first, followed by the UK, followed by America, the end of the slave trade, it was actually Africans that thought and said, no, we want to maintain the system of slavery because it is good for us. So this is something, as I said, that can be traced back to people just being extremely ignorant about history because everything has literally been transformed into a black and white narrative. Okay. So I always say people's motivations are important. Even when you're right, your motivations are important. How you come across in your motivations are important. Um, what she said was not wrong. As a matter of fact, the, the movie The Woman King and uh, the, the, when we talk about the movie, the women, the women that are shown in Black Panther are based on the Dahomey tribe who tried to maintain the slave trade. Africans had a big hand in the slave trade. Did they know how harsh, even though they had their own form of harshness, but did they know how harsh America would be? No. Did they know how harsh Europe would be, how things would be based on race and stuff like that, even though they had tribalism? No. These are things that Candace doesn't want to point out. She wants to point out how the white man, see, it's all, we're all bad. Yes, all humans are bad. Human sin, sin is a problem in the human race. However, it does not give somebody an excuse to rape and pillar countries. Even if good things came out of them. I know people, I've had friends who said, you know, who I've known who have had uh, sexual assault in their life. And they said, you know what, it just made me stronger. It gave me a different outlook. That does not excuse the rapist, even though something that the, the rapist meant for it to be evil and bad, it turned out for their good in some ways. But that doesn't excuse the rapist from rape. She loves to get, because it hurts thing in her narrative, she wants to, she wants to say, oh, well, see, it wasn't that bad because we all done it. We all just, no. Not only did America not continue to stop the slave trade when you can and there was pressure, they didn't want to. But not only did they not stop the slave trade, they continued 100 years of Jim Crow, hanging people in the South. Government-sanctioned segregation. Okay, that's the stuff she likes to leave out. Her motivations are always white apologies. It's not that she's wrong. It's because she has no empathy for people who look like her. She's too busy apologizing for the wrongs that somebody who didn't look like her does. You can never hear her saying, and she gets paid for it. You can never hear her saying any, and I like some of the things Candace says, and Candace is right some of the time, but it's because she has no empathy and sympathy and she lacks love that she doesn't have any understanding about the things that she's right. You can be right but be a motherfucker. You can be right and be a bitch about it. She's a know-it-all that doesn't have any understanding. And it's sad, kind of, but I understand she's racist because she first was a liberal for a long time, and she was selling it for some liberal shit allegedly, okay? So, you know, 
here's the thing. As black people, we can't get triggered by her emotionally because she's put there to do that, and a lot of other black people are. But I can say there are some things. She wasn't wrong in what she was saying. I'm defending her. I'm just saying her motivations are wrong and her understanding of situations are wrong. Colonization, no matter even if there were good things that happened for people of color due to it, does not excuse doing wrong shit. Oh, well, you know, Africans had slaves too. Okay, how? what does that have to do with the racism that Americans is experiencing? Black Americans are experiencing. Our racism in the diaspora are the fact that black people are still all around the world mistreated. What is it about that? Can She will find some way to deny that that's happening. And, yes, sometimes we do bring things on ourselves as a people. I can agree with that. But we've also had people bring things on us. There is, it's not, uh, us not unfathomable that there is a war against people of color because there is. So it, I wanted to play that because it's kind of shit, you know, it's the kind of shit I don't like. You know, I like because I have a lot of conservative thought too, like Candace sometimes in my thought. But I also have empathy for my people, and I'm sympathetic because I've been, I've been there. So here is a, but this is somebody again, she just the other week, a few weeks ago, I heard her on some other show talking about Caribbeans, right, trying to figure out some way, I mean, just down in black Americans. I'm like, then what are you doing here? Why didn't you stay over in the in the Virgin Islands and just do that shit? You know what I'm saying? What is what's your if you if you think Black Americans are so horrible and so I mean there is no empathy, no love, no nothing when she tries to explain herself, and that's why she's not likable. She wonders why people. I think what she's saying, some of the things she's saying isn't right. Not all of them are right, but some of the things that she's saying isn't right. Some things she says is very right. But it's when you don't have any, when you lack love, when you lack empathy and sympathy, everything you say sounds wrong. People like her, I be suggesting racial healing. Get you some racial, and I say that even with all of us, but specifically for people like her because it's put her in a place of an apologist. Uh, it, it, It can't feel good sometimes. Kind of sad. But, yeah, I thought that was interesting because, you know, a lot of people, you got the extremes of people saying you're supposed to hate. And, like, this one lady who was saying, oh, may Elizabeth die a painful death and all that stuff. Listen, I don't wish nobody. Let me let me just say this. Even the worst people. God deal with people in the way they need to be dealt with. Elizabeth, Queen Elizabeth was a part of the humanity experience, Okay. I don't wish nobody painful nothing. She transitioned. Her transition will impact the world because she was a world ruler. Power recognized power, even if I don't respect the ways in which the power came about. Okay. However, I will say this. Uh, I, I will say this. I, you know, I wish the journey 
uh, into the afterlife where there is no crown. But you know, but uh, if you're from the Christian uh, background, but God's crown that she receives her justice. And that's not up for me. Now, I know what I think of certain things about that, about uh, the monarchy and what they brought to the table. But how that deals with her and her personal journey, so that I was like, I'm not wishing nobody no pain, I'm not wishing nobody no, but I understand those nations that are angry for how they have been done and mistreated because they were nations of color and they were they were looked at to be conquered and something has left in by the by the um by the throne that Elizabeth represented okay and I can understand being angry about that shit okay all right you guys all right so Moving on, we talked about Elizabeth, so uh, God rest her soul. But Elizabeth said, damn all that, it's too much. I got too much shit coming down the pipe, and I ain't ready to deal with it. <laughs> I believe Charles to have at it, okay? Uh, also uh, in the news, Biden this week, Biden warns Putin not to use nuclear weapons. Don't, 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 is what he said. <laughs> Every time I hear Joe Biden, I be wanting to have a drink. <laughs> this is from CBS News. It says the Biden administration has announced another $600 million in military aid to help the Ukrainian. Do you hear this shit? Do you hear this shit? Listen, the Biden administration has announced Another $600 million in military aid to help the Ukrainian army maintain momentum against Russia. In an interview for Sunday 60 Minutes, Scott Pelley spoke with President Biden about the Ukraine's recent battlefield success and the dangers that it could bring. Okay, so we got time to listen to it. I got to, let me see if I got this up. But it says, as the Ukraine succeeds on the battlefield, Vladimir Putin is becoming embarrassed and pushed into a corner. Pelly said that to President Biden, and I wonder, President, what you would say to him if he is considering using chemical or tactical nuclear weapons. Uh, He says, don't, don't, don't. You will change the face of war unlike anything since World War II, Mr. Biden said. When Pelly said, asked what the consequences would be, uh, and we're going to listen to this too, what the consequences would be uh, if Putin crossed the line, the president wouldn't say. Okay? So let's listen to this here, uh, his talk with him. As Ukraine succeeds on the battlefield, Vladimir Putin is becoming embarrassed and pushed into a corner. And I wonder, Mr. President, what you would say to him if he is considering using chemical or tactical nuclear weapons. Don't. 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 Change the face of war. Not like anything since World War II. And the consequences of that would be what? What would the U.S. response be? 
think I would tell you if I knew exactly what it would be? Of course I'm not going to tell you. It'll be consequential. They'll become more of a pariah in the world than they ever have been. And depending on the extent of what they do, will determine what response we get. Now, um, I want you guys to notice these leaders. Remember when Hillary was talking shit about Russia before Russia came in? Because, see, I want you to notice there is a... There is a narrative going on, okay? Remember, and I know y'all don't like Donald Trump out in these streets, but Donald Trump, I mean, not that Russia ain't got shit going on too, but Donald Trump saw the real fucking shit, which was China. But these motherfuckers are ignoring China. Hillary, Bill, Bill was ignoring, when Hillary, George, uh, 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 Obama, one motherfucker came in there, this Gemini, talking about, nah, fuck that. I say, ain't nothing, it ain't, yeah, Russia's an issue. Y'all thought he was Russian, Russia, he's a Russian prop and all that shit. I don't understand what y'all thought that. But now nah, he was going after the real shit, which was China. China's the real motherfucking shit. Your biggest competition is China. As a matter of fact, China is out here being, people are saying, been pairing up with even Russia right now, even though they don't like Russia. I talked about that a couple of weeks ago on the show, okay? So these, while these motherfuckers is ignoring China and talking shit to Vladimir Putin over there trying to get his piece of land, people back, shit we shouldn't even be in, here he is giving $600 million, talking about he can't pay student loans off. You just you know how much money they've given to the Ukraine? Can't pay our reparations. How much money you engage to the U? It's a damn shame. It's, he crazy. Just pay attention to that. Pay attention to what the fuck is going on. Who's the enemy? I feel like the Russian shit ain't the way. I'm like, like this Russian this Russian Ukraine's business. Right now, we need to be worried. We got bigger fish to fry, mainly China is, and how they're coming up and how that it affects America in a lot of ways. But they don't want to deal with that shit. He sure don't want to deal with that shit because his son, you know what. Anyway, when Pelly asked, let's, say, let's talk about this. You think I would tell you, if, okay, I, we already heard him say that. President Biden and Pelly spoke at the White House discussing a host of issues beyond war in Ukraine, including the economy and upcoming midterm elections. Mr. Biden also told Pelly about his efforts to avert a national railroad strike. <laughs> Thursday, the president announced a tentative deal had been reached between railroads and the rail workers unions after 20 hours of negotiation at the U.S. Department of Labor. We brought business and labor together, the president told Pelly. One of the things that happens in the negotiations, particularly if they have been elongated like these have, is people say and do uh, do things where the pride gets engaged as well. And it is awful hard to back off some of these things. So what we did was just say, look, at, let's, look, look let's take a look at this. Uh, let's look at what's happening. You have a good deal being made for labor. The income is going to go up 24% over the next five years. They worked out the health care piece. They worked out days off. They sat down in my view, and they were in the office uh, today saying, we'll finally figure it out. Well, we finally figured it out. This is fair on both sides, and it took them time to focus. Okay, so listen, this is my thing about Democrats, okay? 
Democrats do have great ideas for social things because everybody is not wealthy all the time. We don't always have the wealthy in society. I can respect that. I'm not a socialist, but I can respect that. I'm I'm not, and I I have thought of myself as a capitalist, but now I don't even think of myself as that. I like a little capital socialism. I like a little bit of both, uh, of various things to make up. uh, uh, I do believe in free markets and stuff like that, but regulated free markets. Uh, So, you know, there, I mean, I think, um, I think there are some good things, even though I don't like Democrats and I don't like Republicans. I hate both parties. I hate the idea of parties because parties really just tell me where you have your intellect goes. (laughs) I mean, how far your intellect goes. I don't, I can't understand how anybody can be one thing totally. I mean, I feel like it, it shouldn't be parties. My personal opinion is that people, when they go into Congress, should, uh, should just vote on where they agree. Oh, yeah, I agree over here. You you fucking up the money. Okay, uh, economics over here. Oh, you this and that. I don't believe in parties. I think parties are made uh, to to further divide uh, uh, Americans. I think parties are also part of political theatrics so that it stops you from seeing real powers involved. So, yeah, so while there are some things I like that Democrats do, there's a lot of things I like Republicans do. I like when you balance a budget. I like when you you can't, Democrats, you can't overspend on a bunch of shit. We ain't got the We ain't got it. We can't help everybody on the block. We ain't got no more money. We ain't got no money in the refrigerator for ourselves right now. <laughs> we got to buy some food for us. <laughs> Sometimes you got to calm their asses down. So as Republicans, you can't just be giving money out to big business and shit like that. I mean, you see, you see the need for balance on every on every side, right? And each year, and if you notice, each every few every so few generations, these motherfuckers like to switch sides on you. The Democrats become the Republicans and the Republicans become the Democrats. Like the Republicans are becoming more progressive, whereas Democrats are becoming more elitist. Okay, that's these motherfuckers doing the switch. Okay, you, you, when I, my grandfather, my great grandfather was not a Democrat. He was a Republican. Why? Because Link, he was a Lincoln Republican because Lincoln freed the slaves. A lot of black people used to be more Republicans. Democrat was the party, the Dixiecrats at one time. See, that's what I'm talking about. That parties are bullshit. Okay, it, it, to, in my personal opinion, it further divides and it, it, it to me sometimes blinds. Okay, so uh, very interesting. So you know, uh, and Democrat and Lincoln Republicans were very different from the Republicans we see today. Okay, so it's um, just an interesting thing when you listen to uh, the, the politics and the stuff that's going on. Okay. Uh, also, uh, let's see what we got. To, what else we need to talk about? Uh, we talked about Elizabeth. What else I want to hit on? Okay, a lot of y'all. I wanted to hit on this real quick. Okay, uh, John Boega explains how breaking the root. Uh, no, no uh, he was on Breakfast Club, and. He was talking about, I'm trying to see if I can find um, Breakfast Club, but he was talking about how he has a preference for black women. And so people, he's a black man, okay? Uh, Most of the time that's not the case in Hollywood. (laughs) You know, uh, not the case a a lot of times in um, 
in in especially in that world. Um, so it was interesting that people were getting upset with him because he said he said, "Hey, I like uh, women that are you know that I'm that look like me." Now, here's the thing about that. You know, he is from. And this is what I will say this. Sometimes, and I'm not saying, I would have asked him to specify that a little bit because that doesn't always mean, because I've noticed this, and I'm not going to say everybody, okay? Not everybody. I'm not going to say everybody. But sometimes uh, people, from, men from U.K. and stuff like that, will not like black, certain, certain sometimes people won't like black American women. Not all. There's a lot of U.K. men and Africans and stuff. I done had a lot of people push up on me back in the day, okay, that that have been uh, from different uh, backgrounds and stuff like that. But sometimes there can be uh, a certain uh, thing because we're still different. Like, you know, if today if I was a single person, I, I started dating somebody who was Jamaican, okay, that is a very different cultural background from mine. Okay, so uh, you know you have to respect each other's culture and learn each other from a different cultural perspective. It's not just about being black because you know my experience, even if you're first generation American, okay, growing up in a Jamaican household is not how I grew up. I grew up in a black traditional black American household, so that energy, my energy, I bring something different to the table than a person who, than the Jamaican person, right, you know, who grew up in the, even though they're first-generation American, that doesn't necessarily mean we're going to vibe, you know what I'm saying? We still have different cultural things, but it's very interesting what he said on the Breakfast Club, so I'm playing a little bit of it. Let's see, we got it up here. Oh, what was that there? All right, all right, shut up. I've been with the same for 24 years. I think that's fantastic. She's black. Yes, sir. Hell yeah. <laughs> I, I, I absolutely. No, because I've heard you speak. I've, I've, I've heard you. I've heard you speak before about you know your blackness and stuff. I thought you were one of the ones that were gonna you know sacrifice your your loins to continue in this race. So I'm like, okay, cool. Let me just check in. <laughs> well, yeah, he said that. Didn't he? he said it. Explain that now. What happened? No, you you speak about your blackness quite a lot, and, yes. and then obviously I've, I've seen your interviews. So I'm like, let me just check that. Make sure he's. Oh okay. yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, no, that's real though. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, 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 I judge brothers like that too. I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not judging. I mean, anyone can do what they need to do, but I feel like when you speak in a certain way, black men gotta be with black women. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You spoke oh, in that. You spoke in you. that way. Yes. I'm like. Let me just check my mind. My mind's devoted at her. I, I don't want you. you I, 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 people that talk so black, but then they sleep white. I'm like, ugh. Well, have, have you ever dated a white woman? Yeah, I have once. Mm. Uh, once I dated, I dated one, one once. Um, How did that go? When I was younger. Um, yeah, it was all right, but it was we were just chilling. You know what I mean? It was just it wasn't nothing serious like that. So, mm. but naturally, you know. Could you bring a stormtrooper home? Yeah, baby, yeah, you're right, you're right. <laughs> 
You know what I mean? I need her to understand uh, a black man's anger or frustration. I need her to That's understand right. when you know, certain dudes walk into the room and the energy ain't right, and she's just like, oh, calm down, baby, like, right. chill. I need that. I need. I need me a. I need me a black Queen, woman. man. Now, even in some, let me just say this, okay? Please say people in the diaspora don't get mad, but Black America has even experienced that talk. I need, you know, baby, and all that. So that's us, okay? You know, and that those energies, that energy went out to all throughout the world. How we talk, our lingo, everything, how we see blackness. Even though other black people may experience that too, but black Americans have been, you know, have put that forth. A lot of times, even in the way he's saying, oh, yeah, I need somebody to, but listen, the truth of the matter is, is as a black American woman, I may have some things in common with him, John Boy, but it is going to be different because he's from, he's from Britain, you know what I'm saying, or he's from, he's from my Af- or he's from Britain by way of Nigeria or by way of Kenya or someplace else in Africa, okay? But the truth is we may have some commonality because black Americanism went throughout the world through TV and everything like that. How we were raised were different. And I hate when people, this is what I'm hating. I'm, I'm starting to just watch. I mean, I respect, I, can, I, I, like, I like what he said. But understanding that there is not a generalization of, of blackness. Like black America is not just because you people have learned our lingual, learn how we be learn how we talk, learn you've seen that in movies and come across in T V and all these things over the last, you know, uh fifty, sixty years does not mean you get what it's like to be in a black American household any more than I get what it's like to be in a black Brit household. Even though you might understand parts of me, because parts of me have been shared throughout the diaspora, has the standard for blackness. But us as a people and what created that energy is very different. <laughs> so there is a little difference even when black people get together. You know what I'm saying? Even if we're from different countries and different or different backgrounds. You know what I'm saying? It's just facts. It's just, I've had African friends, African guy friends, and, and, and it's been very, we've had very different thoughts on things and how we saw the world, you know, how black America does things. Like, oh, you guys do such and such. And, there's, and then there's also stereotypes of black Americans and all that stuff. So, yeah, why I like this, I, I love him saying this. I also don't, I also don't look as blackness has, um, there, it's still a process. That you have to go to being black uh, black people, especially from different cultural backgrounds. We not just all black. We all black. We all black. We all because that's the thing. That's globalism trying to merge everybody under the banner of black Americanism. Everybody share black Americanism, but bring your own culture to black Americanism and erase what is traditionally traditional black America out the picture. Fuck that. We're not going to do that. <laughs> right? Uh, black Americanism is very different. We may have some commonalities because, again, our culture was shared all around the world through television, rap, all kinds of things, music, everything. But Growing up in black America is a very different thing than growing up in uh, uh, Haiti. Are we Haitian, being first generation uh, Haitian American, 
and uh, being raised by Haitian parents than being raised by uh, black American parents. It's a very different experience. <laughs> All right, may have some similarities, but it's still different. Okay. All right, so when we get when I get back, I'm going to hit on some more things uh, that we need to talk about. We're going to talk about Kanye West. Um, I need to talk about uh, about uh, this. Um, if they find you physically attractive, they will issue a ticket. Former 911 dispatcher claims police have Pretty Girl Wednesdays. Okay, I want to talk about that for a minute. And um, also, what else? Um, let me see. Kamala Harris. Oh, we got to talk about Tim Norman. Tim Norman being found guilty from Sweetie Pies. That and a whole lot more when I get back on the show. But meanwhile, y'all, we're going to start off and listen to some music. Let's, you know, I'll be wanting to. I'd be wanting to go right over it. <laughs> have my thing ready, but I'll never have it ready. It is it is what it is, okay? So we're gonna start off with um oh I love this one. Tevin Campbell, back to the world. It's the CC show. I'll be back in a moment, okay, y'all?
very best in government, politics, celebrity entertainment, music news. Tune into the Carlotta Chatwood Show right here on Block Talk Radio. Hey, y'all. What's up? I am back on the CC Show. That was a Dina Howard, Phil Scorpio. Please like me. I like that song. <laughs> All right. So, uh, we are talking hot topics and Man, okay, so let me see. Where did I leave off at? I want to talk about, let's talk about the police stuff right quick uh, that I just recently, <laughs> I thought it was rather interesting. It's, uh, this is from the dailydot.com, uh, from MSN, via MSN.com. It says, if they find you physically attractive, they will issue you a ticket. Former 911 dispatcher claims police have Tritchy Girl Wednesdays, Okay. A former 911 dispatcher is giving an inside look into some distasteful practices they witnessed while on the job interacting with police. Uh, in a video posted to TikTok, a user at Not the Gatekeeper divulged with viewers that while working in Oklahoma, they learned that some police officer, officers allegedly take part in what they call Pretty Girl Wednesdays. At Not the Gatekeeper says police would essentially do back-to-back traffic stops on Wednesdays. And if they found the driver, usually a woman, physically attractive, they would issue a, a ticket. Bow, yes. But not even the tip of the iceberg <laughs> at Not the Gatekeeper states. If people really knew what went on in police departments, they would be shocked once how mental wrote. According to Prison Policy Initiative, Although the percentages of men and women experiencing traffic stops has dropped since 1999, women saw an even smaller decline than men did. Women also make up larger percentages of people searched during traffic stops, the group reports. Some commenters asked not the gatekeeper whether or not police officers have ticket quotas. The creator responded, quotas used to be a prevalent thing, but it's transitioning out except with state police troopers. One commenter at the hair of uh, Slytherin claimed that they dated a cop and learned police would play a game where they guessed the ethnicity of a person who committed the crime. Oh, yes, this was definitely a thing, uh, not the gatekeeper replied. In a separate video, I, not the gatekeeper also shares their experience as a reserve sheriff's deputy, which is basically a volunteer cop. They say, they say, while out on traffic stops with a police officer, they say they witnessed officers refuse to stop a car that was going 90 miles per hour when the limit uh, was 75 miles per hour because of the type of car that was being driven. He goes, oh, no, 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 we're not, we're not, uh, we're waiting on a hoopie because we don't want to bother people driving nice cars at not the gatekeeper because tickets are classes. Uh, I said what I said, one commenter said. Others called at Not the Gatekeeper to continue to give behind-the-scenes uh, look at police conduct her, through her videos. More of this, please, one wrote. Um, listen, let me just say this. This is not a surprise, and I've heard this shit before, okay? Um, this is why. <laughs> and see... I hate what's going on in some senses, and I listen to a lot of. I listen, I listen to sometimes Fox, and one of the things that that you know the game they're playing right now is that oh, you know, crime is out of control and police are scared to do anything because police because of all this Black Lives Matter stuff and all this stuff. That's bullshit. Okay, uh, here's what I will say: this because you get fucking corrected does not make you have to make you uh, make you. Uh, um, how can I say this? 
it does not make you uh, less, uh, you're supposed to do your job less. You're still a police officer, so you're still uh, 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 supposed to uphold the law, okay? And uh, here's the thing. I just believe the states are not handling it right. My personal opinion has always been very different about what I think about police officers, because I believe they're good cops, but I believe they're bad cops also. Part of the reason in America, because the police force race was so prevalent, especially in the South and everything, and working through police departments back in the day, okay? So you still have a lot of racial people drawn to those departments. So here's my thing, okay? Um, I always believe police officers should be paid more. It's one of the hardest fucking jobs ever to do on the planet, okay? While I believe they should be paid a lot of money, I believe they also should be uh, in entailed with a lot of, of, of duties and a lot of responsibility. Heavy is the head that wears the crown. Heavy is the head that wears authority, okay? And so you will be corrected if you fuck up. That's just part of life. If you fucking around and you beating people and stuff because they uh, people of color, are you bringing your racist vow shit on 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 duty? If you, if I, if I was in charge of that, you will be dealt with. But I also will give them more money so that they 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 that they because that's a hard job to do in society and it's hard to balance and they need more money and they need more training. Not just training on a physical level, but a psychological training and psychological evaluation. Because you are people who you're first, you're one of the first responders in public. You deal with people. Not only should you have great customer service skills, you should also have a, a skill set of uh, of of humility. And learning to have how to deal with different people. When I hear stuff like tickets are classes, we're not going to bother people with nice cars. That tells me why they often run into people. We're going to wait for a hoopty. That often tells me why they run into a lot of black people in, in during traffic stops. And we sometimes have horrible situations that happen during those. Very few and far between, but they still happen. And classism is just as bad as racism. And classism and racism in America go hand in hand because the lowest on the totem pole is black Americans, okay? So, uh, you know, uh, while I want police to have fun and enjoy their job too, I also understand, you know, like little jokes, you know, having jokes and stuff there, I get that. But also having these stereotypes and race and class issues, this is a problem, and that this young lady is showing, or whoever this is that's giving these tips, is showing that Fox, people ain't crazy. Shit do happen, okay? And there is a problem, and the police force needs to be correct. Correction hasn't, just because you're corrected don't give, doesn't mean that you, uh, uh, you just abandon shit because you're corrected. Part of being a, a, a authority, an authority figure, or part of being a part of authority, is to allow correction. Especially in America, America is about the people can correct authority. 
it's a dangerous world when we live in where somebody thinks they're above correction, especially people who uphold justice. And that doesn't mean, because some things I understand police is like, oh, we don't want to deal with the headaches and these little things or this and that. And the reason why those things are happening because there have been vowed situations and things get more restrictive when there's been vowed situations. But I also don't think that you should ask cops to take on more responsibilities in these cities and stuff like that without giving them proper training, without giving them more money, and psychological evaluations and all the things that help that can make police forces better throughout the United States. I'm a person that believes society needs uh, justice and authoritative figures in justice. I'm not a person... When we talk about um, defund the police, my idea of defunding the police is defunding, yes, I do believe you should defend, defund police departments if they're not functional. If you got all kind of shit going on there and people breaking all kind of laws and shit like that, but you got to replace that with some police. <laughs> you can't have no police. I don't believe that. I'm, I'm not a person that believes that. you got to be able to call police on the phone. I need some help. Or else we'll have, because humans, we crazy as fuck. Else we'll really be out here having the, uh, uh, what's that? Like, yeah, I'm just out here about Chicago, and I haven't got the full story. But you will actually out here have the, the uh, uh, what's that show, the little movie that everybody that used to, uh, that came on, the um, where they act up. I forget the name of that movie. Uh, the Purge. You will actually have a fucking Purge out here without authority. Y'all know how y'all acting when it's just a breakdown and people having riots or something like that. We, Americans cannot, a people people cannot police themselves. You have to have some form of authority, even though police is a form of policing yourself. But they're giving badges and they're giving certain powers, okay, to deal with. They shouldn't abuse those powers, no. But you do need them, <laughs> Okay. Hey, so that's interesting. That was very interesting. Also, in the news, let me see here. Uh, Kamala Harris, boy, Kamala said the border was secure, and Governor Greg Abbott let her know, help her, that border ain't secure. <laughs> oh, my God, let's talk about Governor Greg that's Griffin Gray Average Train. Y'all like him though. He's petty. He's petty. I like him. He got my vote. I was like, he's funny as hell. I like him. I won't be voting for beta. I'll tell you that. <laughs> I'm going to say, Governor Abbott says migrants to VP Kamala Harris home after she called border secure. What <laughs> it says, two buses of migrants from the U.S. Mexico border were dropped off near VP Vice President Kamala Harris's home in residential Washington on Thursday morning in the bitter political battle over the Biden administration's policies. Governor Greg Abbott has been uh, busing migrants out of Texas cities <clears throat> with, Dem- uh, with Democratic mirrors as part of a political strategy this year because he claims there are too many arrivals over the border to his state. <clears throat> and you call yourselves if a lot of these states, especially Democrat states, call their sales, uh, um, uh, uh, I forget what they, they call themselves, but uh, states where you can, illegal immigrants are welcome there, you know, they won't call the law or ICE on you or something like that. Uh, what do they call them? Uh, 
and I, I don't know why I'm going blank, but they call them the sovereign uh, states. It starts with the S, but I can't remember the name right now. But that's part of what he's doing, and I ain't mad at him for that. Um, it says uh, it was first uh, dreamed. Uh, he says Arizona gay Governor Doug Ducey also adopted this policy. The Florida Governor Ron DeSantis also got into act recently. It was first dreamed up by uh, former President Donald Trump. Abbott tweeted that he sent the buses uh, that arrived Tuesday, Thursday. We're sending migrants to her backyard to call on the Biden administration to do his job and secure the border. About two dozen men and women stood outside the U.S. Naval Observatory at dawn, clutching clear plastic bags of their belongings carried with them over the border before moving it to a nearby church. Harris' office had no immediate response. After migrants seeking asylum crossed the U.S.-Mexico border, they spent time in the U.S. Customs Border Protection Facility along the border until they are generally released to the U.S. to wait out their cases. Republicans say Biden's policies encourage migrants to vanish into the U.S. Democrats argue the Trump-era policy forcing migrants to wait at the asylum cases in Mexico was inhumane. Uh, the census flew two planes of immigrants to Martin Vineyard on Wednesday, and last week had Abbott sent about um, 75 migrants to Chicago, okay? Now, um, listen, I am totally in agreement with this, uh, especially sending them to a place like Martha's Vineyard, uh, 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 what's her name's backyard, uh, Kamala Harris, who said the border is secure's backyard, because often the wealthy don't have to deal with the bullshit of illegal immigration. Okay, so when it's at your back door, it's a different story. <laughs> now, they just hire them, not all of them, but some of them just hire them when they get here for cheap work, for cheap, for, for, for cheap, cheap labor. You know what I'm saying? Which ain't right either, where they can barely afford to live. All right, so um, very crazy. Uh, it's very funny, uh, kind of what he's doing. Uh, it's sad for the migrants because, in some senses, on both ends, because illegally, you're here illegally, puts you at a disadvantage when you're not a citizen. And you think you're coming over here to get some form of help when they're coming, when they really, in, uh, in this society, <coughs> want to exploit you. I mean, you really exploiting illegal immigrants, putting them over here with, with no power as citizens, even though citizens' power in America has been dwindling uh, lately, but putting them over here with no power, underpaying them, they can be mistreated, all kinds of things, because we have laws to legally cross the border. Everybody has immigration laws, and America should be no different. We can't let every motherfucker who cross the border in. It can't just be like that. We got to have some law and order up in this bitch. And I'm totally with Greg Abbott on this. Keep sending them, keep busting them out, Greg. <laughs> Greg Peggy, Greg. Greg that got the fastest fatty. <laughs> they the petty chief. They don't care. They petty as shit. <laughs> Ooh, it's funny, it's funny, it's funny. They funny. I'm laughing. All right, okay, so uh, let's see what else is uh, uh, we got to talk about. Uh, Are we ready to talk about Speedy Pie? Or is that next? 
Wendy. We'll talk about Wendy after she. Okay. Former City Pie star found guilty in murder for a higher trial, okay? Tim Norman this week, man, I done tried to look at it every week. You know, because I'm a person who believes in fair trials, even if your ass look guilty. Because what we as humans may experience from the television screen and from the news media shaping shit and stuff is not what you get into get when you get into a jury. Let me just say this, too. I feel that there is a, we are doing a great disservice to our legal system when we are not exploring the ideas of tainted juries anymore and exploring the ideas with changing venues for people. And let me just say, even the people you deem guilty, because uh, we live in a society where we have television, the Internet, so much shit that juries are easily influenced. And so we sometimes may have to go outside. Uh, our legal system needs to make ways to go outside of, 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 um, of the traditional juries to find juries that possibly have not been tainted. I know that's hard today, but we need to do that. A lot of times in America, they do not like to move trials anymore. They do not like to admit juries are tainted, like in Art Kelly's case. That shit's been t- – He, I knew he was going to get time. I didn't even need him to go through the trial because they tainted so many juries. And juries come into these booths and they're tainted. Sometimes it doesn't benefit a certain person if they've been found guilty to have a bl- black jury. Sometimes it doesn't benefit to have a white jury. And let me just say why I'm saying that. Because, like, say, for instance, R. Kelly, for instance, most of us, but black people, think R. Kelly did some shit, right? We have a perception of R. Kelly. He has black people. We know his music. We know how he wrote. We know the celebrity gossip on it. Some white person uh, or some black people in small town America, some certain black people may not have that perception, no them at all. His venue needs to be changed. Yes. It still needs to be balanced racially, but still needs to be make sure that people are on these juries. And I don't even think defense does a good job of it either, making sure they're, that that representation is I don't know what's going on. But the reason why I'm talking about this is because this came up in Tim Norman's trial, which I do believe should have been moved out of St. Louis County. Even though I think Tim is guilty, I believe this trial should have been moved out of the county because... He is well known in that county, okay. Uh, so I do agree with the uh, with the uh, with the uh, lawyer when he said this. Uh, but it says a jury deliver. And see, I can say this even with people I find guilty because we have a today we have a tendency in society to be just like I, I say you guilty. We got witch hunters. I say you guilty. Throw away the key. Do this. Do this. But you won't say that if that's your son. You won't say that if your show daughter. You won't say that if that's you. I want people to have a free trial because, shit, if something ever happened to me, I want to get, I mean, a fair trial. I want to make sure I get a fair trial. Shit, I don't want to be just thrown up and locked away, thrown away the key because you motherfuckers done put all the shit out of me about me in the news. The news can shape you. The news can kill a person's reputation. Even report, I've heard so many stupid shit reported on major news channels where I had to look it up and read for myself. And I said, damn, they just threw that person on the bus. And motherfuckers out here in regular life thinking they right because they heard it on CBS or NBC or something like that, talking about shit they don't know. 
Nah, yeah, he just, he just met. And when they haven't even listened to a case. So it's, it's hard nowadays. Let me, I'm just telling y'all. It's even harder today to get a fair trial. I said what I said, okay? But this is according to KSDK.com, and uh, I think out of St. Louis, it says the jury deliberated for more than 17 hours before finding Tim Norman guilty on all charges. After, seven, after more than 17 hours of deliberating, the jury issued a verdict in the murder for hire trial of Tim Norman. The Welcome to Cootie Pies reality TV star was found guilty on all charges. He was charged with conspiracy to commit murder for hire, murder for hire resulting in the death of male fraud sentences except for December the 14th. Norman and his family are known for the reality TV show Welcome to Cootie Pies on the Oprah Winfrey Network, which ran several seasons. Back in 2020, he was accused of masterminding the death of his nephew, Andre Montgomery, back in 2016. Correct documents show Norman took out a life insurance policy on Montgomery for $450,000 in 2014. Defense attorneys for Norman say they plan to appeal the verdict. They say Norman is staying positive. Three others have been charged and pleaded guilty. Uh, they said this defense attorneys Michael Leonard and Gloria Rodriguez represent Norman and spoke shortly after the verdict. They said, we're extremely surprised and disappointed in the outcome, Leonard told reporters. Leonard said that they were surprised by the outcome because of two factors. One is the government star witness, co-defendants Kerika Ellis and Travell Hill, which which he believes none are credible. Leonard also said the second reason is Norman testifying in his own trial. Tim testifies so extensively in the trial, which is highly unusual for defendants to do so in these cases, he said. He also said that the case was greatly impacted by two of their witnesses who used, the, who used their Fifth Amendment rights. This did not allow them to share key information. Those two witnesses would have been a giant impact on this case, he said. As for Norman, Leonard said his client is hopeful. Despite the verdict, he has a lot of optimism that we're going to overcome and ultimately prevail. Now, here, this is my only thing, and I, I was getting ready to say this before I went on my rant, but I've tried to muddle it in my mind how Tim cannot be guilty, okay? I don't understand. <laughs> I just don't understand how. I mean, they had the burner phones. I mean, he, was, he did have a relationship with Terrica Ellis. I, you know, I, and the excuse that he is used for him being guilty, I, it's just, it's not that it's an improbable thing. It's just that I don't, but I do respect the lawyers for the ideas that they brought forth for appeal. I do think that's, reasonable uh especially if you had defendants which you have in a lot of court cases sometimes you will find out especially if you watch if you're a big fan of the id channel and stuff like that for me you will find sometimes our court case tvs and stuff you will find like juries sometimes they'll go and ask juries questions after um after a case has been tried and stuff and they'll ask juries did you know had you had you known of this bit of information about the case, would you have went the way you went? Because a lot of times, pivotal information, and it's not about guilt or innocence. I think most of the time in America, because America has such a, uh, America has a great justice system, okay? It just hasn't been used fairly. In in the wrong hands, it can be used as a weapon, right? So sometimes we don't think of it as a fair judicial system, but on paper, in its uh, in its purest form, the American justice system is a great one, meaning that it is 
the burden is always on the prosecution to prove that someone did something. Now, I hate today what we've become because you can be retried, double jeopardy in civil court. I think that's fucked up. But that's a, I, I think there should be laws passed that if somebody found not guilty, civil court, the civil court is a lot easier to prove people's guilt. I think that's a double jeopardy. But it's a, that's a whole other story. Okay. But, however, we have a good justice, justice system. We have some hiccups in it, but we do, a whole lot of hiccups, but we do have some better than most in the world, okay? And in the wrong hands, it can be used dangerously. Uh, however, I love the idea that the that prosecution you you have to prove beyond a reasonable doubt. If there is a reasonable doubt, then a person it's not saying that you're not guilty. I mean, a person can't be found not guilty because you didn't come with enough evidence. And to me, the last forty years in America produce some of the most sloppiest brought about cases by prosecution. Prosecutors have been very sloppy the last several years of what they let come to trial because they know they can get it easily pushed through and sometimes get easy, easier guilty verdicts. Not, not all prosecutors, but a lot of them. And they brought a case to try cases, even where I think a person is guilty. But to me, they haven't had enough evidence, and they've been able to push it through on people because people tell me, I got my, my gut out there. That's not what, it, what it's built on. It is built on proving beyond a shadow of a doubt that somebody's guilty. And, like, here's a situation when, when people say, well, Carolina, what if that person gets out of jail and hurt somebody or something like that? Then that's on the prosecution. Because they didn't bring enough. It's not on people who led the jury. It's up to prosecutors to prove their cases and to not bring sloppy fucking cases to trial. If, a, if, you, if you think someone is guilty, you better take your time to get their ass good, okay? Because a reason, somebody, a good defense attorney can bring up a reasonable doubt, which these defense attorneys for Tim Norman's ass look like they about to do Okay, and they had a lot of good points. One of the points they said was that the jury was filled with people that knew, that were familiar with Sweetie Pies, were familiar with Andre, and were familiar with Tim. That, to me, is never a good sign. Because you have already made, if you watch Sweetie Pies, you've already formed an opinion. So um, I feel like they're going to probably bring up something. And you know what? Here's the crazy thing. Let me tell you something. And this is why I'm not mad at this at all, too, when people got the money to provide good defense, okay? And I think prosecutors in the uh, – and I think defense attorneys who, who work pro bono or who work for, for uh, these, uh, you know, work for low-income clients should study and shit, get their shit together so they can be formidable. They shouldn't just be poor-ass uh, 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 lawyers. But – because this has the society built, but that's my way. However, Tim probably gonna, might get out. I know it sounds impossible. I know what I'm saying sounds crazy right now, but his defense attorneys, I heard them talk the other day, they brought up three reasonable points for appeal. They get it moved to a venue. Now, they're going to have to come up with a better excuse than what they're giving for why Tim may have known Terrica or all this stuff and all this shit. But he could possibly get off on some technical on some technical bullshit, <laughs> on some little things. You know what I'm saying? If they keep trying this case over and over again, 
they haven't given me enough where I would, because my question is how I don't understand why these people would lie on Tim and kill Andre. I don't understand. I mean, I don't, they haven't given me enough. Tim has said something about because he was a social activist in the St. Louis and they setting them up. Now, here's what I would say this. In the St. Louis area, there was a problem for a little while with social activists ending up hurt or dead and stuff like that. But Tim, I don't think that's in your neighborhood. <laughs> I don't know. I would have to see what all he was doing in the St. Louis area for me to believe that. Uh, I personally believe he's guilty, but I can see how this trial could have been a mess. Let me just say this. If Just my personal opinion. It's just me, okay? I'd like to think if I was a prosecuting attorney, attorney, I want all things fair because I don't want nobody coming to turn my fucking cases over. So I want to make sure if he needs to be moved to another duty, I know, see, this but most prosecutors ain't like this because you got to vote them in and shit like that. So they, they, they play games, politic games. But for the most part, I would want to have a fair, make sure that all my clients get a fair trial. I mean, all my defendants who I'm against get a fair trial because I don't want nobody to question my fucking ethics. So, you know, but they don't do that, and that's sad. Uh, you know, this trial probably should have been moved to another venue. And you could possibly put the family back through a whole nother court case or a whole nother thing uh, because you didn't make sure that little things were secure, that you know defendants are going to come, the, the defense attorneys who are worth their stock and money are going to come out later on. They're probably going to get appeals on. What I think may end up happening, uh-oh, I'm about to <laughs> With Tim, I'll tell you that I think I have it. I could be wrong, and if I am, okay. I just thought about this the other night. That case probably possibly going up to a new trial on appeal. Them coming and giving Tim, offering Tim a plea deal. Tim probably won't serve that long. Because they didn't do fucking due diligence in the first place. They're too busy trying to fucking grab a hold to the trial and put, but you left three major things out, which basically nowadays have been being ignored, even when you're at Kelly's trial, because I think our Kelly's getting an unfair trial because He's going to venues where his name is in Sully. Every TV station is saying he's guilty. They're not questioning nobody, nothing like that. It's just crazy, okay? So, yeah, so it doesn't mean I don't think R. Kelly's guilty. It just means I believe R. Kelly deserves a fair trial. Okay? So I possibly, I do possibly think Tim Norman could uh, possibly end up spending a lot of time in jail. Possibly if he gets, if, if. If his defense lawyers can get his conviction overturned or get him a new trial, I don't think they're going to want to take that trial. I get him and also argue the fact, which is hard to argue in this day and time, but if they also argue the fact that his venue needs to be moved, oh, I think prosecutors will not want to try that with a, in a venue where it's small town or something like that, or, or not just small town, not just white jewelry. I'm just talking about uh, where people who don't, who haven't paid attention to Sweetie Pies, haven't formed attention. It might be harder for them to try that. Try. Lately, we've lived in a world 
were uh, a prosecutor's world, right? <laughs> but I, if we lived in a fair and balanced world and where we were seeing tainted juries and understanding they still happen, and especially in this day and time, more so than any anything, uh, if we bring that back to uh, courthouses all around the United States, uh, I think we'll see uh, start seeing a very different turn of events with prosecutors, how they handle cases, how they bring them to trial, and stuff like that. I'm not, and see, this is what I'm not saying. See, a lot of people think that means being lazy and say, well, we can't bring them to trial, just leaving cases out there. No, that means you do more diligent work. You you restricted us, so now we can't do it. That's what we got a small fucking society, even if with political figures like police officers are acting like, well, because you 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 punished us, now we don't want to do no work. That's not how it goes. That's not how life goes. That means we asking you to do your work more diligently, be more. Uh, you are authority figures. Be better. Same thing with prosecutors. Be better if they start restricting you more. If they start making it a fair balance, do the work better. Make more efficient. Make sure police officers investigate better. Detectives investigate better at these things and shit like that. Too many motherfuckers getting off on technicalities and shit like that. There's too many motherfuckers in jail that is wrong. They shouldn't be in jail. Because why? Because people have been rushing these cases. They ain't been doing shit. And they've been having a dream society. Prosecutors been getting their way. And probably shouldn't be all the time. Okay? So, uh, just very interesting case. We'll keep an eye on that one, okay? Uh, and you know the the family of 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 of, uh, of Andre Montgomery spoke. His mom, his aunts after court the other day. His sister mainly. And they were saying some interesting things. I mean, I think the beef came allegedly. I'm gonna say allegedly because I don't want to quote them. But the anger came is because somebody they accused. They thought Andre allegedly had broken into this house. Miss Robbie Taft, which I don't believe that, you know, but they, they, and, and so this, it, apparently Miss Robbie was angry about it. Andre came back to try to prove himself, even though he thought he was in danger from Tim, okay? Um, it's very interesting. <laughs> now, the reason why I'm going to tell you, I couldn't be a juror because I got my mind, I got certain things I think. Well, yes, I could because I'm a crit. Yes, I could be a juror. Let me tell you why. Because I'm a critical thinker. I'm able to throw out what what I believe about Andre and Miss Robbie and and Tim and what I think and hear the facts. I'm a person who can discern, not go by my gut. And even if I see it has in my gut, I may be feeling somebody's guilty. If you didn't present me the right evidence and stuff, ain't my fault that I have to my vote not guilty. That's your motherfucking fault. You should have bought a better case. Like, people wanted to blame OJ's jury for shit. No, they didn't bring a good case. Johnny Cochran was the better motherfucking lawyer, and he had and he presented a reasonable doubt. I still don't think OJ did that shit. I said what I said. Hey, I, and I got good discernment for this. I still don't believe it. He might have paid me. I don't think he did it. But anyway, as I was saying, people blame juries. But a lot of times it's, uh, you know, sometimes it's these uh, attorneys and stuff that don't get it right. And sometimes juries don't get it right, but a lot of times you haven't convinced the jury, and that's on you. You ain't bought me enough, uh, 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 enough. you ain't put, put together a clear case 
a, a mofo like me will fish to sniff it out. You don't want me. The prosecutors probably will want me on the jury if they're doing sloppy work because sloppy work will get you a not guilty verdict. Because really, because I don't feel like I'm at fault for this. I feel like they are. Everybody has to present. The burden of proof is on you. And if you don't bring a good case, if you cut corners and stuff and bring in a badass case, then jury should make you pay the price for that shit. Okay. Unfortunately, that hasn't been happening a lot these days. Okay. We have a country that is being, you know, news media is out here. People got too much information everywhere. While information is good, it's also scary because people form opinions and they can't think critically and all that, and it just gets crazy. But, uh, yeah, that's going to be an interesting case to watch because he has some pretty high-powered lawyers, okay? Um, next, what do we else want to talk about? Uh, Wendy Williams, uh, they said, enters wellness facility due to overall health issues. Uh, this is according to Yahoo.com. They said, uh, they said the last few years have been an uphill battle for Wendy Williams, who was absent from her talk show's final season due to a mix of health complications before it ultimately ended in June. Since then, the 58-year-old has been working toward her next big project, but she's taking a pause right now for some R&R, according to a press release uh, from her publicist. She is reportedly checked into a wellness facility to address overall issues. Some people are saying it's a rehabilitation. Listen, Wendy, (laughs) I'm going to just say this. If it's rehab, quit, quit sugarcoating that shit. You know, I feel like this. If you have an addiction, we all know that Wendy's had one before. I don't know if that's what's going on now. But let me just say this. The way to heal is to come to some truth. I'm human. I got addiction. Because I keep letting Wendy out here, and Wendy is obviously not well. So I'm wishing her the best. I'm hoping she gets well. I'm hoping she gets her strength back and everything, because I have witnessed the talk shows this week. And let me just tell you, Wendy, you are needed. Uh, uh, let me just say this, okay? <laughs> Sherry, I knew, okay, so far. So I, people have been telling me about it. I haven't even seen it. I just saw previews and just already knew, okay? I already knew what was going to happen with Sherry. I did see a little hope with Jennifer Hudson, just a smidge. But Jennifer is a lot of the same. I like Jennifer personally, but the show is like, mm. I love the set. I hate the background music. Oh, it's horrible. It's so agitating. Uh, but, uh, 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 yeah, this is, uh, who, uh, who else is it? Oh, Cameron with the blonde hair. <laughs> oh, Cameron. She's doing everything to try to make herself, try to make herself, uh, how can I see, say, kind of be in with the audience. She's trying to make herself appear more, I don't know, what's the word? Being able to resonate. Is that what the blonde hair was about? I don't know what to make of Cameron Hall. My verdict is still out on Jennifer. I did like a couple of things she did, but it's still very, very, very what I said it was going to be. 
I don't know. I just don't. I know. I, I just, yeah. Talk show game right now. I'm not feeling what I see. Okay. Uh, here's what it is. <laughs> but Wendy, wishing Wendy uh, help. Okay. Uh, God, what else do I want to talk to you guys about? Okay. Uh, Nick Cannon, y'all know his head is, they say ninth. I think it's 10th or 11th. Okay. He's on his 10th or 11th. He's got two more chicks out here pregnant in the game. Um, He's asked people to not talk about his baby mamas. Nick, shut up, okay? Uh, uh, listen, 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 listen. Nick, shut up. Even one of the baby mamas this week is on shame trying to explain that shit, why they going around, they, why they both, you know, just irresponsible shit. I mean, I'd be even, I'd even be more respectful if y'all were sister wives in a big old uh, 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 camp or something like that. But uh, Tom, she was trying to explain, do we got the video? We got shame, shame, a little bit of shame up. What time of time we got? We got time to talk about it. Sometimes I'll be one of the ways on here. Let me see. I mean, let's go. Let's see if we can find it here. Um, Where she talked to a little bit of the preview, Shane was talking showing. Shane Bodie is showing of uh, uh, her talking to. Okay, here it is. Okay, let's listen to a little bit of it. Hold on here. We can pull Naturally, it yes, I can understand everybody. Okay, here we go. We're going to listen. Naturally, yes, I can understand everybody's distaste and disagreements in the way that I have chosen to live my life. And I and I find it funny too when everyone's always coming in and being like, He's playing you, he's playing I'm like technically speaking, we all know about each other. It's just how much do you wanna know? How much are you choosing to know? And I trust the connection that I have with Nick. So is Nick your primary partner? Nick is my primary partner, yes. I'm now I'm during this pregnancy, I'm monogamous by choice. I'm monogamous by choice, and that's very important for me to state. But if a connection comes, and it doesn't necessarily have to be sex, and I think that's what everybody always thinks is, oh, my God, you guys are having one big orgy. And it's like, actually, no, it's actually quite the opposite, and it's beautiful. And it could be – I think that people are so focused on what it is that they're afraid of. And that's – well, in truth, they're afraid of what's happening to Nick. They're afraid of it turning into multiple children. Natural. All right, that was Abby Delarosa, and you can tell she feels some sort of funky ass way. Okay, listen, you can see how she's feeling. I know, I know. Listen, if this motherfucker, I'm gonna tell y'all straight up truth. If he didn't have no fucking money, it wouldn't be about that. You, it wouldn't be. He wouldn't be. Bitches be arguing. They probably argue now. Okay. Uh, he just had a baby by, he had a black, he actually introduced a woman that looks black into the fray. <laughs> uh, let me just say this, okay? Um, I don't give a fuck if Nick is fucking everybody. A lot of men who are usually celebrity uh, types, and reg- some regular dudes, but a lot of men, especially when they have that much cootie cat coming at them uh, in the celebrity world and stuff, be fucking people all over the place, okay? Not all men that are celebrities, but a lot of y'all, okay? Um I don't give a fuck about that, really. What I give a fuck about is these kids. 
hurt. People talk about, well, at least he can take care of them. No. Shit. It ain't just about taking care of somebody with a fucking chat. Coming from a, being a child who was raised by my grandparents, both my parents, my parents were fiscally responsible. They gave my grandparents some money, okay? Uh, my father, fiscally responsible. But is there some some situations where I'm like, me and my father, there's heal, has healed, there's healing there and everything. I understand a lot of things. I've understood choices, being young and stuff like that. But let me just say this, okay? It ain't about money. It's about being there for your motherfucking kids. It's about being a fucking daddy. You can't tell me Nick Cannon's a, Nick Cannon's a good daddy. We got 10 motherfucking kids. The motherfucker's in show business. He's running all over the fucking planet. Nick, I don't believe it. I don't believe that you're that great. And you're sharing your energy with all kind of bitches. I mean, I can understand having it with one woman, 10 more children or something like that. That's a different story. But sharing your energies all over the fucking place, I don't believe, I don't believe you're that great of a dad. That's what I said. I said what I said. I said what I said. I said what I tell me candidate. I don't believe. Somebody going to come up short. Some, one of these kids going to come up short. And that happens in a marriage, too. You let them with two people, kids can come up short. But let alone when you you building households all over the fucking planet like you a little roach. He is a roach. That's what he is. Coming out of building over, it's a lot. And women, you got to be responsible with your wound. There are dudes, there are great guys out here who don't want that, who want to be responsible fathers. She's a beautiful girl. She can get anybody. Who men who want to stay in a one parent, who want to be two parents and raise up children and rear children in the way they should be reared, and I spread and they seed all out of the cabinet because they I don't know what the fuck they think I don't know if you think he's getting ready to die which is even worse because that means the motherfucker ain't gonna be they gonna have abandonment issues on top of that they probably already got that. And then you got to answer the question as you get older, why he didn't marry you? I'm not, you know, listen, it's people's responsibility to do what they want to in the world, okay? But give these kids a fucking chance. Come on, like seriously. You know, what's wrong with this? He's just a nut. He's just going around here taking pictures. I'm going to say what I say, what I feel like he is taking pictures with each baby mama and stuff like that, like that's going to make stuff better. That's going to make his irresponsible ass better. Irresponsible motherfucker. That is exactly, motherfucker, that's exactly a good word for him. Motherfucker. Irresponsible baby-making motherfucker. Irresponsible. It's irresponsible, Nick. It's irresponsible. You're irresponsible. He's a he's, I said what I said. Okay? No way. You can be upholding unless your show business career slows down there's no fucking way you're going to be out here handling wilding out doing all this shit doing all this shit while you having multiple babies around thinking you i don't know who you fucking I and mean, some little cult he running some sort of little religion he done took off the turban but the turban's technically still there 
some sort of, sort of little bullshit he got going on. He done fucking fell out and believed, okay? But whatever it is, there's no way you can, you, you are putting in reasonably and responsibly in the lifestyle you live and with all these different women. I don't believe it, and you can tell me that all fucking day. Your energy's too spread out. And I'll just tell the way he talks on shows, okay? That's it, what it is. That don't mean he's not a good father in some form or he doesn't have the desire to be or he doesn't want to be. I'm saying it is probably not likely. Somebody is going to be left out in the cold. Okay. Kanye West talking about child custody, Kim. I'm not talking about Ray J going off on Kim Kardashian and Kris Jenner and all them because you know what, Ray J? Ray J, we know that. It ain't, it ain't a motherfucker out here, I don't think it is, that don't believe, believe that believes Chris wasn't involved allegedly in putting that sex tape out. That Chris hasn't been out here allegedly sex working her children. Allegedly. That's my thoughts about it. She built the motherfucking kingdom, but it is what it is. Ray J, we get it. Okay. Kanye is saying his trial lose with Kim Kardashian. Kanye West is according to com has tipped his hands in his divorce case how his how custody is going to work. He jumped on the Allo Mind podcast Friday and said, even to this day, I'll still give Kim advice on things that can help because that's going to go to the kids. She still got them 80% of the time. Raise those children. The reason that's significant, sources connected to the former couple tell TMZ, Kanye hasn't engaged with his lawyer, whoever that is now, because he's gone through five already about the remaining issues of divorce and custody and property settlement. There's a trial set for December if Kanye stays radio silent. And so far, his side hasn't engaged Kim Kardashian's team about all this. But saying Kim gets 80% is the first time we've heard any sort of structure, which is the first step in hashing out that agreement. I agree. He understands he's a man out here about his work. He's going to be doing a lot. He's a billionaire guy. He has four kids. And I'll tell you this, too. This is my personal opinion. I think Kanye is kind of seeing the results of, like, damn, I, did I really think about, you know, I love my children. I'm glad I have them. But did I think about, this is just my take on Kanye. Did I really think about who the fuck I was having them with? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because he said a number of things like, you know, then my, my black children and blah, 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 blah. And I think now he's coming to the realization like, oh, my God, you know, I married her and stuff, but I didn't, I didn't, that, that I didn't think about creatively how we mesh his parents. I think he's doing what he got to do now, has a parent. He's got four beautiful children in the world. But sometimes, and this fellas, I'm just saying this for any fella out there who's single or whatever, you know what I'm saying? I, I, let me see, some of y'all married, too. Shit, some of y'all motherfuckers are married right now going, I don't know if I want those kids with this motherfucker. I, I, you, know, you know what I'm saying? I'm just telling y'all the truth. Y'all gonna get, don't get mad at me, okay? You should think about that. Kanye West, I don't think, think thought of all the implications 
that would come down to to ha- to having a family with somebody who's fundamentally different or thinks different than him. And hopefully he's a man. As he goes in this world, if he has any more children, he will think about who he chooses to procreate with. Really think about it thoughtfully. You should. You should have those thoughts. You should have. You should really think about that. That is important if you are going to engage in in the parenting process. Hey, I'm not a parent, but I understand that is important. And I, you know, I have a heart of a parent, so you know, I, I, it is important. To, to, when you're engaging in the process of parenting, that you start that process before you even have a child. I understand accidents happen. Shit happen. I get that. That's life. This is the world we live in, okay? But, yes, please, people, please, please think about, do I want to procreate with this motherfucker? What does it mean? What's their values? What do they bring to the table? What's their system of living? Does it... Can we agree on how to raise kids structurally? We might not agree on everything, but can we come together and do this, even as we evolve and change? Even if you don't stay with somebody, you know they are, they'll be a good dad or they'll be a good mother. Hey, I, me and her ain't together no more, but I, one thing I know, she'll take care of them kids. Take care. She's about that life. She loves her baby, right, or he loves his children. I mean, I mean, that motherfucker, we don't do good together, but he, he bought that life as a father. You know what I'm saying? So I, that's, those are things we, you should consider. It's far too many people out here having children with people who have not considered this, okay? Oh, <sighs> yeah. What's next we got to talk about? <coughs> Excuse me. Okay, we got some more stuff out here. What do we need to talk about? Um, y'all like Carlotta. You got I told y'all when I rested up, I got stuff to say. <laughs> sometimes I need to rest. I can hear, you know, sometimes I listen to shows and I can hear when I'm getting um, dry or when I'm like, you know, I'm my energy is going... And I try to give y'all a show anyway, and I can hear. And sometimes I need to rest, or I need to get, you know, I need to, I need to experience uh, some other things in order to come to y'all and talk to y'all. Sometimes it's, you know, sometimes I'm forcing myself, and so I have to be very careful, you know, with that energy with y'all, because I don't, you know, I want to give y'all, uh, you know, I want to give y'all good uh, things to talk about. Oh my God, there's so many other things we got to talk about that I haven't. Hit on the thing. Okay, Steph Curry is supposed to be signing a billion dollar deal with Under Armour. The way Under Armour's top stock has been tanking, I don't know who the fuck is advising Steph Curry. And I remember I just heard Kanye say this the other day too. It's so funny. Kanye said he don't argue with people that's broker than him or whatever. Listen, that's such a stupid concept. Some of the best advice that has given me sometimes money or has led me in ways that can help me has been from people who did not have money sometimes, just had wisdom. Wisdom isn't predicated on how much money you have. Now, wisdom, let me just say this. There are people who may have certain wise ideas because they work money situations and stuff like that. You should, when we talk about details, details do make a difference. 
But sometimes somebody can put something in your ear of wisdom that can change your life. And they may not got as much money as you. They may not. So that don't, kids, don't buy that shit. I know y'all listen to that shit nowadays, but that shit is ridiculous. Sometimes some of the most, you know, some of the most beautiful people may not have money, but they got great wisdom. And they can tell you how to handle a situation that's crazy. But anyway, as I was saying about Steph Curry, because I'm, I'm a broke, I'm, bro- I'm definitely broke with Steph Curry. So I'm, but I, I, what I'm getting ready to say here is this. Steph Curry, I have looked at Under Armour stocks. I have looked at the way Under Armour's been treating you. Under Armour doesn't even have a commercial out here about you. I mean, even your first year when the sweet shoes was hot, they was they he he put himself in a commercial during I remember the a CEO of Under Armour put himself in a commercial and not Steph Curry during it was years ago during uh, uh, the NBA Finals and I thought what the fuck I mean and you're getting ready I know they're they're telling you oh it's good to have this billion dollar deal because you know you're, you're gonna be higher in four or five years sometimes money ain't everything and who wants to sell their life and likeness to anything for a lifetime fuck that shit. I don't care if you give me a billion dollars. Fuck that. I have, I own my life and likeness. But anyway, Steph, Under Armour is a bad deal. Under Armour is a shitty deal. If you still sign a billion-dollar deal with Under Armour, you're crazy as five fucks. And the person who is advising you to sign a deal with this with Under Armour when it's constantly been going down the fucking tube and it has not really did a great job of promoting your shoes. I've walked past Under Armour stores and seen, not even hardly seen your face. Man, they ain't that many Under Armour shoes. It's just a fucked up decision, Steph Curry. Stop. Don't do it. If you do it, it's done. Even though you get a billion dollars, you'll be a billion dollar dummy. That's all I have to say on that. Now, next, we're going to talk about <laughs> my ass is fucked. I'm out of control out here. Tyrese this week. Tyrese is on one. Tyrese has been on Samantha. I got 12 minutes. I ain't got hardly no time to talk about Tyrese and his going off about his ex-wife. He gave a whole thing about why Samantha, he don't know why Samantha left. Even though Samantha been out here, he, he had me cracking up when he talked about that she had Miracle Monday for Jesus. <laughs> anyway, since Samantha has been out here preaching and having sermons and shit like that, I was her. <laughs> I see you, Tyrese. I do see that. Okay. But I do believe my fellow Scorpion was really, you know, on her shit with you, Tyrese. Tyrese, listen, here's my question for you. Even if you tell the truth on Samantha, why did your other woman say the same shit? And then when you broke up with this last girl, but you didn't got back with her, you was on the thing talking about save me from myself, save me, Lord, and save me from snakes in the world. And all of a sudden, there's something you back with your <laughs> Tyrese, I'm starting to think it's not the women, but you, bro. We got, we got to look at self. You know, when you come and you have a number of fucked up relationships, you got to search, well, how do how these fucked up people coming to me? What's wrong with me? Me. I might be the problem here. Might be me. Enemy. 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 
steal that from? I don't know. That's good. Tyrese, look inside, bro. So this week, Tyrese decided that he was, you know, has the Maxwell. They were having the fortunate challenge with the fortunate song, fortunate, you know, the song. Now, I thought all y'all knew that fortunate was written by Right Kemp. At least my listeners do. My listeners are informed to that, okay? Uh, Fortunate, for those of you who did not know, was written by Art Kelly, worked on, I think, by Hyde and Maxwell. Hyde, is this his last name? Hyde, I think Maxwell's person's last name. Hyde and Maxwell, okay? Uh, Listen, I am not one to believe a cancellation of music. As a matter of fact, I'm going to start saying Art Kelly shit back on this show. I'm an Art Kelly fan. I'm a fan of his music. I mean, it's a lot of people that just fucked up shit. I like Kentucky Rain, but that'll make me not not like Elvis. I mean, but Elvis did some fucked up shit. Okay? But I still play. I still listen to Kentucky Rain on my own in my own time. Kentucky Rain keeps on that's my shit. You ever heard Kentucky Rain by Elvis? <laughs> but anyway, but it's a lot of artists out here that did fucked up shit. Okay, that doesn't still mean they're not talented. Okay, now as for Maxwell. This is why I always believe that singers should have songwriting credit. No, really, I do. I do. I've never not believed that. I, I, I actually cheered Beyonce Matthew, allegedly. They say Matthew used to put Beyonce's name on shit she didn't even write. I actually cheered, I mean, uh, or wanted that to happen, allegedly, in these streets. I like that because a singer brings uh, part, uh, uh, tells part of the story, too. Uh, I will always love you. Listen, that shit doesn't get big if Whitney doesn't sing it. To me, Whitney should have been allowed some publishing. Okay, I know she wrote that song, but that shit didn't. That song, that motherfucker song didn't pop when she was singing that. That it didn't pop with her. But when Whitney put her shit to it, she interpreted that song. She brought an interpretation of that song that was very powerful. Okay, so I always believe singers should get publishing. I do. I'm sorry. I know a lot of songwriters are here. They probably hate to hear that shit, but I do. I do. I'm sorry. I do. Um, and uh, Maxwell's no different. Maxwell is, let me tell you, fortunate. You can hear R. Kelly through that. I mean, I can definitely hear R. Kelly in that song. I, can, I mean, I hear the sound of R. Kelly. But you also very much hear the sound of Maxwell. I mean, the sensuality to it, that high note at the beginning. Ugh. Lord have mercy. I'm fanning myself right now. <laughs> I mean, you know what I'm saying? It's just sexy. Maxwell brings the sex. Like, Maxwell brings the sexy to it. Just like where Maxwell redid this woman's work. Oh, my God. So beautiful. Even though I hate that song now, I've got to play it out. But. Maxwell did it beautifully. It doesn't pop until Maxwell puts his beautiful sound to it. Oh, my God, when he sings that song. It's such a... Even though the song has nothing to do with, you know, it's about living and life and this, you know, women, how women live. It's a very beautiful song, but it's still he delivers it so Central and so sexy, even though it's not a song about that. You know what I'm saying? He delivers the lyrics so beautiful. He adds an element to it that is different. 
So Tyrese this week reminded everybody that Art Kelly wrote the song. Tyrese, we know. What the fuck you want, everybody? Do you want them to stop singing the song? Are you hating right now? Are you upset? You wish you had that song? I don't know. I don't know what Tyrese motivate, Tyrese's motivation was because people were out here doing uh, the uh, fortunate challenge. But I will say this, okay, for those, anybody knows Maxwell, when Maxwell knows, you better sing that shit every time you can. You should be singing fortunate. I don't give a fuck. You participated in the beauty of that song and don't let no motherfucker stop you from singing that song. Fuck them if they want you to stop singing fortunate. I said it. F you. Fuck y'all. Okay. I wish I had a song to song fuck you on deck. I'll pay for y'all going out. <laughs> All right. But no, Maxwell, don't stop ever singing that song. That is a part. You are as much a part of that song as the person who wrote it. And it is definitely, I think of that as one of Maxwell's signature songs, even though Art Kelly wrote it, okay? Just like Guess What, what's that song? Uh, guess, guess what's the song that Selena Johnson sings? I mean, Art Kelly wrote that. Guess, uh, what's the Guess What? Uh, is, I forget that song. That's one of her signature songs, but that's a Selena, Selena song. It's so much her. If Selena don't sing it, it don't come across the way it should. I said what I said. Y'all get mad. This is what this show is about. I'll be making y'all mad. Okay. Did I say anything about Beyonce this week? No, I didn't. Damn. I should have had a Beyonce story. That means I'm going to have to have part two. I got to make people mad. Damn it. I got to figure out something to talk about with, about Beyonce. I hate I didn't have a Beyonce. I missed having a Beyonce story in here. What the hell? Man, what am I thinking? We didn't talk about Tiffany Haddish and uh, the Western Collins story last week. Uh, Aerie Spears about the child molester. I, I realized I didn't come back to it. Terrible. This could be bad for a career. I saw those videos. Ooh. Doesn't mean Tiffany Haddish is a child molester. That's not what I'm saying. And plus, I don't like when people come back 20 years later trying to get money and all that shit and all this. Stuff. I don't like that. But let me just say this. The videos were ill-informed. Whoever told them to do that, okay? Just, uh, but I'll talk about that maybe on the next show when I do another show. I can't tell y'all when I'm going to do another show. Hopefully, uh, uh, you know, sometime, maybe next week or something, I'm going to try. I can't promise y'all anything. Y'all know how I be going. Y'all know how my schedule be going. But listen, y'all, pay for me. Oh, I meant to tell y'all this story about this murder outside of Kroger. Oh, I'm going to have to save that for another show about some woman running over her, trying to run over her man. You know, killing somebody. Child, it's a messy story. We, we talk about it in the, on the other show, okay? Hopefully I can remember and I'll bring it to y'all on another show. But listen, y'all, I got busy. I got so much shit coming up, okay? If I forgot a story, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Don't hate me for it. Please don't hate me. If I forgot a story for y'all, I'll remember it, and I'll try to bring it to the table next show, okay? You guys, l- love y'all. Pray for me out in these streets, because, honey, I'm going, listen here, I'm, I'm it's good, I'm going through good things, but it's a, it's a tough, <laughs> I'm having a fight, but I'm, I'll be feeling y'all prayers and y'all pray for me, okay, so keep lifting me up and everything, y'all have a wonderful, wonderful, 
beautiful weekend, okay, the rest of your weekend. And because I didn't talk about her this week, we need to leave out with her. No, not break my soul. Okay. Okay. You know what? I've been saying, I've been in my, it's been in the back of my head. Like my friends, I've been arguing, when I argue with my friends, I'm like, you won't break my soul. <laughs> they start laughing. I don't know what they, you know, the slug is becoming embedded in my body. I hate it. <laughs> but anyway, we're going to leave out with one of my favorite songs by Beyonce, Beyonce and Megan Thee Stallion, Savage. It's the CC show. I'm Carlotta, y'all. Y'all have a wonderful rest of y'all weekend. I'm out. Peace. <laughs> No smoke with me. Okay. Turn this motherfucker up 800 degrees. Whole team eat. Chef's cause she's a treat. Oh, she's so bougie, bougie. Oh, never I'm a savage. Had a too nasty. Talk big shit, but my bank account match it. Hood, but I'm classy. Rich, but I'm ratchet. Haters kept my name in their mouth, not a gagging. He say the way that thing move is to move I told that boy we gotta keep it lowly, me the room key How them bled the block and now it's hot, bitch, I'm tungy I'm mood and I'm moody I'm a savage Classy, bougie, ratchet Sassy, moody, nasty Acting stupid, what's happening? What's happening? I'm a savage Classy, bougie, ratchet Sassy, moody, nasty Start her only fans. Big B and that B stand for bands. If you wanna see some real ass, baby, here's your chance. I say left cheek, right cheek, drop it lower than swing. Sexes up in this thing, put you up on this game. I be parking my frame. Gang, 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 gang. If you don't jump to put jeans on, baby, you don't feel my pain. Please don't give me hype. Write my name in ice. Can't argue with these lazy bitches. I just raise my price. I'm a boss. I'm a leader. I pull up in my two-seater. And my mama was a savage. Niggas got this shit from Tina. I'm a savage. Yeah. Classy, bougie, ratchet. Yeah. Sassy, moody, nasty. Yeah. Acting stupid. What's happening? What's happening? I'm a savage. Yeah. Classy, bougie, ratchet. Yeah. Sassy, moody, would have been had Beyonce participated in the promotion of it. Seriously. No, I often always wonder that because I think that's Beyonce. I love the way she's so braggadocious on that song. This is where I believe Beyonce becomes Grammy-like. Where she becomes uh, her best. Like, Quit trying to be so deep. Get out here and just have some fucking fun, Beyonce. I love when she say tip, tick, tack, right out there. I'm like, all right, bitch. I love that shit. I love that Beyonce. Where the fuck is she? Not that you won't break my soul, crazy ass, contrived shit she been doing. I love that bitch that talks that shit. Where is she at? That's what I, I like. I want to see her. I don't want to see contriveness, and I feel like she misses her best things because it is it's, it is shallow, yes, but it is her. 
Her energy is not to bring about, you're not Lauren Hill, baby. You know, I, I know I'm having this conversation. I didn't mean to have this conversation about her, but y'all, because y'all be thinking I hate her. No, I don't hate her. I think her career is contrived and overhyped. And part of that is because she tried to go, she tried to be deep. There is no need to be deep. You're not that artist. You're not your, that's your sister's life. Okay, it doesn't mean you can't have some deep songs, but let it come to you naturally. Quit trying to contrive them up, bitch. Just go on out here. Get out here and have some fun. Like, I would have loved to see her with Megan doing that, doing a video and being sexy and having fun. Except all you get is this fucking robot. I keep telling you, I don't know what the hell's going on with her. That's why she ain't even promoting this album. Beyonce done checked out on her own motherfucking album. Beyonce, did you want to put out this shit, Beyonce? Beyonce, did you really want to put a, she don't even want to put out the visual. You know what? You know what I don't realize? Beyonce don't like this album. Beyonce, you don't like that. That's Scorpio Moon shit. Beyonce like, motherfucker, I don't even like this album. Beyonce, Beyonce, did you like this album? They're going to force her probably out there eventually. She's going to come out there eventually. She'll make a video or drop something to try to reignite. But for the most part, I mean, I know Choke No Joke been doing this thing about where is Beyonce. No, she doesn't really like this album, I don't think. I don't think she likes it. I think she's sitting back thinking to myself, like, you know, after having three children, being married, all this stuff, she's probably re- and trying to re-see re- re- herself at 41 years old. Is it 41? Five? How? I don't know. You know what I'm saying. She's trying to re- probably reinvent who, who she is as a person at this time. And she might be questioning some choices that she's made herself. I'm just thinking that. I, don't, I didn't mean to have this conversation, but I'm just thinking that maybe that's what she's doing. You know what I'm saying? So I, I really hope that within that she still sees that she's a woman and she's sexy and she's beautiful and that her best work is done with shit like this. It's flat. I mean, it doesn't mean you can't have a deep song. Just don't contrive it up. Let it come to you. Let the universe bring it. Let God just, just blow it in your ear. Don't try to make it in. Oh, I want to sing spirit. You won't break my soul. <laughs> That's what she's the worst. But they hyper anyway. She's the worst when she gets these contrived these contrived like listen and she oversight. <laughs> well you can tell she was trying to get an Oscar and the Oscar people could tell. They like, oh. I mean, it's uh, the most beautiful part is when you just let it come to you, okay? And that's my advice for Beyonce. But anyway, y'all, I wasn't supposed to go into that. If you're listening to the sound of my voice, you are listening to the archive show. What's up, archive listeners? Okay, remember, you guys can hit me up on the CC, uh, the Carlotta Chatwood Facebook page. You can also hit me up on Twitter on my account, C Chatwood Show, and I have one, Carlotta72. Those are both my accounts, okay? And then also you can hit me up on Instagram at Carly underscore Galaxy. Okay, people have asked me, do I have a TikTok? Yes, I do, but I very seldom use it. I only go on TikTok to look at other people. Um, maybe one day I'll use it. I don't know. <laughs> okay, but you guys, have, again, have a wonderful weekend. I'm out. See y'all. And then we're going to leave out with one more. We gotta, I got some one more thing. Okay, let's put on the old school. Can't stop. Okay, after seven. I'll see y'all. Bye.